the Ron and Fez show starts right now. I don't know. I'm just getting tired of the whole cold opening bit. I want to do a bit like uh, where I act like I'm making reservations at a restaurant. You know, like, uh, like some reservations or something. Too stupid? All right, let's just go with the opening song then. Hey, it's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Ron Bennington, Fez Watley, Chris Tanley, and Eastside Dave MacDonald. We all come together and form a little show. And it's a show based on friendship. All right, uh, folks. Um, I don't want to check in. Well, I will check in today to to see how uh, Dave and Fez are keeping their stink fest going. Uh, Fez, you seem to be getting cleaner. No. No, it's uh, I maybe I've reached like a grief saturation point. Well, I think what happened is you started to uh, comb the hair and all. Well, but I'm going to have Chris Stanley do a smell test a little later on today. Uh, how Can you tell how uh, Dave is on that side? Uh, yeah, because sometimes we share the mic in here, yeah. and then I get a whiff, and it's horrendous. It's uh, what was the day that you guys stopped uh, cleaning yourself? Uh, last Wednesday was our last shower. Mm. So it started Wednesday during the show. I actually started the contest Tuesday unknowingly. Mm, interesting. All right, so... Psychic. Uh, I think you should get a one-day break then. If uh, Thank you, Ronnie. Hey, well, it goes if, down. If I get a callback from Spike... Any uh, call back yet? Not yet. They said um, uh, Thursday or Friday. That's odd because I've heard from three friends already that they got called back. Called oh. back? I don't know where <laughs> to put the uh, past tense in that. I guess called call back. That's a tricky one. Like Anyway, what? I'm just making up a lie about three people oh. I don't know. <laughs> so you better check into it. Well, that, I was going to say that's a tricky one. Like runs batted in or run batted ins. RBIs. They're they, they, some people say runs batted in. Well, it would people, be runs batted in. But then you can't say RBIs. Then you would say R's BI. You're right about that. <laughs> but it, it would be the, the runs are batted in. The run is, isn't batted in. Okay, so then we have to change saying we can't say RBIs. We have to say R's BI. I'm going to stay with R's BI. RBIs. <laughs> Sounds like pirates. R's BI. Mm. Well, it is that Pirate Talking Day, I think, coming up soon. I'll have to check with Kathleen because she tries to get it going every year and no one answers her. Uh, there was a uh, debate that went on here yesterday I was somewhat surprised about. And that, of course, has to deal with uh, the age-old question of rye bread. And it came from um, uh, a couple of good friends of ours, Death Metal Mo and HTG, agreeing to the fact that they do like rye bread, just not rye seeded bread. I'm like, what are you, insane? Who would say, uh, one of them, I think it was HTG, ordered uh, rye bread in a restaurant, and she goes, well, they brought to seed it without checking with me. I'm like, you said rye bread. Death Metal Mo completely agrees. We went around the corner here yesterday, and Earl was a person who enjoys rye bread, but not rye seeded bread. I'm like, the, the fucking seeds are rye seeds. That is what makes it rye bread. 
That's the taste. I'm not a seed fan. You're the same way? Yeah, I'm not a seed fan. But you will eat the rye bread. Oh, yeah. Toast yeah. it up. Delicious. Uh, Fez, you said you didn't even know there was a difference. No, I thought rye bread had seeds in it. I didn't know seedless was available. You've been to a market. Right, yeah. But, I mean, it's not like... I don't or I don't buy a lot of rye bread. I don't eat a lot of rye bread. Why not? They say white bread's the worst thing for you. That's what I end up eating. Now, when you get a Jewish rye, it uh, normally doesn't have seeds. But I, I didn't love. think it was that a big deal. What's that? That's what I love. You love it? I love it. What is your hate for the seeds in a rye bread? Don't like them. I think it takes away from the bready goodness. No. No, it adds a little kick, like a little rye kick to the bread. No, no seeds. Flavor explosion. I'm stunned by this. It's one of those things in life that you did not expect people to say. These people aren't Americans. I mean, it's... You're not. Well, nice I... Nice one, Ron. Again. Way to go. Stealed his bit, I'm stealing Hicks's <laughs> bit. I'm just going to live on both of them. The thing is... Rye bread, it's it, it, it's without the seeds. It isn't rye bread. I don't even well, know. Well, it is. You can still in a in a nice Jewish rye, you still get the rye taste. There's no doubt about it, even without the seed. But the seed is what brings it. They're just gonna have to. I don't know how they get back in and pluck it out. Oh, uh, Jews ruin everything. I think they came up with rye bread. Plus, aren't you married to a Jewish girl? Half Jew. The good half. God, he screams from the other room. Um, Jim, Virginia, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, uh, it's caraway seeds in the bread. It's rye flour. The seeds aren't rye seeds. They're caraway seeds. Now, this is all baffling to me. These are caraway seeds and not rye yeah. seeds? All right, That's what's correct. up is down, what's in is out. We're, we're through the fucking looking glass here now, people. Hi, right, Jim. Thanks for the fucking heads up on that. I don't understand how a person would have a problem with a seed anyway. It's delicious. I love seeds. I don't like nuts. I love seeds, though. You don't like nuts? I am not a big nut fan. What do you do? Just fucking bounce them on your chin and that's the end of them? You gotta suck them. What about a peanut? Peanut? I'm not a... No. Not Almond? A almond? I'll eat. I'll eat an almond. I All like right, an almond. So you eat both of these. I can't stand when someone says... Uh, I don't like something. Then you give them an example, and they're like, well, yeah, that I like. You already like en enough already to say that you like nuts. But I no pistachios the... or walnuts. Then say I don't like pistachios or walnuts, but don't include the entire nut family. I hate vegetables. What about carrots? What those? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> he's on here today. I get to work with a six-foot-tall one. What's that? Red. Red what? Red McDonald's. What was the joke there? Oh, that he is a carrot top. Thank you. All right, here we go, folks. It's uh, already fallen into some kind of a melee. Uh, the deal is this. Fez says he doesn't like nuts. What about peanuts? Yeah, I do like them. I don't like uh, rye bread. Um, what about Jewish rye? Oh, yeah, love it. I hate football, but I love the Bucks. Every fucking day with you two. Yeah. And why are all your references orange? Getting on him about his hair. Mm -hmm. right? Every day you're gonna bang on about his hair. <laughs> you just please put the hat back on. The red hat's not as bright. 
I just picked my nose and wiped it all over my shirt. There's no way I'm going to lose this competition. Two smelly fucks. Both bragging. All right. I don't want to see your finger up your nose. It grosses me out. Um, Corey Feldman not invited to uh, Corey Hamm's funeral. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with him deciding upon himself to become the spokesman right after Corey Haim died. Yeah, the, I think this is with the family, seeing the other Corey as a real living example of the dead Corey's wayward ways, where the drug use and everything, where I think that this is, they don't want him there. He's just a symbol of everything that went wrong with, Cara, with Corey Haim. Yeah, the family definitely doesn't want to, they want to keep it a small family affair. And uh, no Corey Ham. Uh, Jessica Simpson was on the View the other day, um, saying it's very tough about the John Mayer saying that she was sexual napalm, and says it's more embarrassing because I walk into a restaurant and I'll notice more men are looking at me and feel like they're undressing me. Um, you went and saw her the other day, Dave. Did yeah. you put this up on your Twitter? Mm -hmm. Took a twist pack cover. And from what Liam said to me, that you yelled out, "Hey, lady, turn around." <laughs> Liam claims I said, "Hey, honey." Oh, turn hey, around. honey, turn around. That's and, better. And I believe that personally, I said that to myself. Not, no. I did not think I was audible. All right, then we've got to figure out how Liam is able to hear your thoughts, <laughs> uh -uh. and then take him to the fucking no, AC with him. I, I definitely said that like with my lips, but I thought that I said like, "Hey, honey, turn around." Come yes, on. that's it. But that's that. That's how humans understand things. But she was like ten feet away from me. I did not think that I that did. Liam knew. hear it? He yes. heard it when she made he made a big deal of it. And was like, All right, let me just ask you this, though. Let's see if she's correct. Because of what was said, did you undress her with your eyes? Absolutely, 100%. I've only been thinking of her, which probably is going to upset my wife. Now, there's your picture of her. You know how people are saying she's overweight? Your picture no. of her shows that she's a perfect little thing. She is not overweight whatsoever. She's, she's quite thin. Now, have you seen her new reality show, uh, The World's Beauty or something like not that? Not yet. I saw a little bit of it on TV last night. First of all, I don't know why anybody puts themselves in a reality show. It's just nuts. <laughs> and this idea was, we are going to go around the world and see the differences in beauty and what some people find to be beautiful and some people don't. And basically, it looks like spring break with a couple of rich girls making fun of other cultures. <laughs> where they go to Thailand... And in the marketplace, there's like bugs that you can eat, like fried bugs and all. Mm -hmm. And they treat it like it's Survivor and kind of start throwing up as they're, you know, daring each other to eat these bugs. But in the middle of these these, these people's marketplaces where this is their local food. And it would be like somebody coming here and like eating a piece of bacon and gagging in front of <laughs> us. But I did it. Ah, don't ask me how. And I'm like, well, that's fucking rude. Then she goes to this Buddhist ceremony and why the monk is, like, praying and all, she starts fucking getting the giggles. And I'm like, you, you're just taking the ugly American thing all around the uh, country. It doesn't seem the right show for her. No show is. Um, but she also said this on The View about Jamar. 
Oh no, he won't be getting any more of this napalm. <laughs> and then everybody had a big like applause, like girl power applause. <laughs> then you're actually feeding into his now, word. Yeah, I know. You're already <laughs> giving it. That. Now, do you believe John Mayer? Is she sexual napalm? Um, From what you've seen her that close? No, I mean, I, I actually think she's very hot. Yeah. I just can't see her being sexual in bed. See, here's my feeling. I, I have a feeling John Mayer probably isn't that sexual. And it's the first time he ever felt a woman thrust back or being with a woman who was good looking, had an orgasm. Yeah. I think he's probably been with pretty fucking women before, but I don't think he's with women that would be somewhat into it. Yeah, I agree. I can't see Jessica Simpson being that kind of, you No. Can, you can kind of sense, like, the animalistic nature of Angelina Jolie. Absolutely. Like, okay, holy shit. Like, when she was wearing even a turtleneck that, in that, the actor's studio, I was like... That's sexual napalm. Yeah, but I can't see it with Jessica Simpson. And a very good point. Sexual napalm, as we're now calling it, and attractiveness don't always go hand in hand. Absolutely not. But yeah. you can normally pick up, like, sometimes you can meet, like, someone's secretary. And you think to yourself, hmm, this young like, lady has something. I think, like, Parker Posey is, like, sexual napalm. Really? I feel like she it would be terrific. And, I mean, she's... I think she's attractive, but she's not like the world-class beauty but that think, we're talking about. I think she's lovely. No, I fuck, I fucking find her great-looking, but I mean like... I, I'll also, I, I, I think there could be some napalm there. All right, Hicks, I'm sure you're going to go to the world of tattoos. Chat <laughs> <Tied> it up. <laughs> Join Angel. Got a lot of tats and she's in porn. By the way, speaking of that, I, I re-watched uh, the Scorsese fucking thing in New York Stories last night. Isn't it the best? It may be my favorite Scorsese film. <laughs> when you hear that Dylan song and that camera with like a shutter movement and Nick Cage, I mean Nick Nolte just painting. Yeah. Oh my God, I jerk off to that shit. Oh. <laughs> um. So I'm not sure about that. I'm not really fucking sure if he's uh, if he's correct. I think he was probably trying to give her a compliment, and it came out hideous, especially to her. I think he was, thought he was probably complimenting her. Well, you don't do... First of all, you just don't talk sexually about an ex. It's just mm -hmm. always going to be in bad taste, even if it's an ex-wife. The fucking point is, this is an intimate thing between the two of you, so you don't go and... Uh, you just don't go out and fucking put it out there for the world. I mean, if fucking Billy Bob said the same thing we said about Angelina Jolie, it's fucking, you know, it's just fucking tasteless. It's a dirtbag move of trying to make yourself superior to that person. Right. I would never, you know, I've I've never done that. You've I've, All the stuff about my, my ex I've never brought up about how she was in bed. Uh, here's, um, you've you never said before? Um, you told us that she Once could, she broke up, no, never. You also said that she couldn't reach Nirvana. Right. Well, that's more an indictment on me, though. Don't I you know. think? I know she can now. Oh, no, you do. I do know. That's good news for her. Be happy for her. Um, here's Scott. Scott in Ohio. You're on Renefest. Hey, buddies. Yeah. Um, a chick that uh, I just kind of checked out again um, here recently, and I think she is absolute sexual napalm, is uh, Sienna Miller. Oh, yeah. Sienna Miller is the beautiful British chick. Not sure whether I'd say sexual napalm, and here's the, here's the holdback. British. 
I would. I don't know if those British chicks really fucking um, Ooh, are they, the same as Americans. They are. They're worse. Worse? No, I mean, like, not worse, but, like, they... British chicks are into fucking banging when they're, like, nine years old. That's what my ex-British girlfriend told me. Well, she was a hooker. Maybe that's when she started. No, they're very, very sexed up. It's it's the British that men. Is, what did he say? He yeah. did say that. Yeah, I said it. There wouldn't be any maybe. Oh, all right. She said, we start fucking when we're nine. You're like, well, maybe that's when she started. Well, I meant <laughs> in the hooker business. Oh. Uh, Heather, West Virginia. Hey, boys, what do you think about Jennifer Tilly for sexual napalm? Is that your sexual napalm? Well, no, I don't really go that way, but I'm just curious, like, getting into guys' heads. Is she, is she napalm? I will say this. I would think Meg Tilly, her sister, even more. <laughs> yeah, but Jennifer Tilly and Let It Ride is one of my favorite, like, top ten movie sexual napalm chicks. I would see uh, the other one that they, the movie with Alec Baldwin, The Getaway. Did you ever see that? Yeah, I did. And she's see that. with Mr. Fucking uh, Blonde. Michael Madsen, yeah. It was good. She's got, she used to have, you know, she's she gotten a little bit, she put on a couple pounds. She's been hungry. <laughs> Who's the judge? Uh, Tiger Wood said uh, he is returning, and is his first tournament going to be the Masters? Yeah. I, I actually think he, he he wants to play in the tournament March 25th, which will be a tournament, obviously, before the Masters, because the Masters is in, is in April. He he needs to tune up somehow, you know? So he's going to want to be in a competitive tournament before no, the, that. The word is his wife is back with him, but she's in a different room and can't bring herself to be intimate uh, with Tiger. I see him just wincing at this, Hicks. Why even bother to go through it? It this just sounds just like horrifying to try to rec uh, reconcile this fucked up relationship beyond. And I can't even imagine if like a regular guy, he's got pleasure over the media. Why would mm. she want to be back with him? It's, it's, it's the beauty horrifying. is this, though. She's more than welcome. Come on back with the kids. And he goes, don't worry, I get laid so many other fucking places that I won't even notice if you don't have sex with me. Yeah. Uh, Frankie in New York. Remember what says. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Tina Gershon. Absolutely. Oh. First of all, that might be a fucking sexual A-bomb. <laughs> and the day she came in and did our fucking show, um, men had to, like, just put fucking hats on their caps. People that, were just like, holy shit. Uh, I was, my, I've always loved her, and that was my one regret, because I'd been fired in the Minette Rider for some reason was waiting in the back mm -hmm. so I was not the, the, that that person was not allowed to see Gina Gershon here's the other thing that was I fucking, wanted to see her my whole life I don't know we even fucking brought this up with you, but what she was wearing with those days that day were not pants she was wearing some kind of I love that fucking I don't know what you would call it bizarre leotard I don't know what the <laughs> fuck it would be but um she was phenomenal that day. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. She's even like sexual napalm in The Fucking Insider. A, a oh, everything. About tobacco companies. In The Player. She's barely in it. She comes in and said, I'll be your soldier. And I'm like, pause. Pause. Um, here is uh, Jake. Jake, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, uh, Christina Ricci. Oh, man. 
I don't know. She is yeah, there's something about her. Definitely. I don't know whether it's because we watched her grow up or what the whole thing <laughs> is there, but there's definitely some something about her. Um, here is uh, new father, Maddie Fridays. Maddie. Oh, thank you very much, Ron. How are you, uh, uh, From Crooks to Rosario Dawson. Yeah, you can't. Also Sin City. Yeah, you can't say enough about her. How do you like being a new dad, buddy? Uh, pretty good. Uh, Gwen is doing well. You know, she's smiling. She's uh, happy. You know, she's uh, do, uh, doing the best she can right now. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll send you guys a picture uh, once you got one, all right? I love that. Congratulations to you guys and all the best of luck, okay? Uh, thanks. thanks, Ron. Thanks, guys. Take care. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Oh, we got into the sexual napalm uh, talk because what John Mayer said about uh, Jessica Simpson. And it is weird, because now, even here on the flip side, you can look at her and go, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, that isn't fair to this young lady either. But part of me goes, I think he's overrated her. And then what is she supposed to do? Go around and prove that she's sexual napalm? Yeah, otherwise she'll she'll be a whore, like a total whore. Um, and she was supposed to be a little Christian girl when she broke into the game, right? Yeah. She, she was, was one of those girls I'm who... Picture, I'm a preacher's daughter. Yeah, and made a big deal about, I give him my virginity yeah. and, you know... I'm not going to be Brittany. Yeah, she was... But also, remember, she did that wedding. Her wedding was done by VH1, and the whole thing was, she's a virgin. And then even during the ceremony, the fucking preacher brings up her virginity <laughs> as she has saved herself... For this, you're like, why are we all sitting here thinking of her little vagina? <laughs> it's really none of our uh, none of our business. Uh, Dominic has one. You're on the Ross Fest Show. Hey, guys. How are you? Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I know she's kind of young and everything, but it's uh, Amanda Bynes. Are we talking about another? I don't even know this name. No. I think she's a Nickelodeon or Disney girl. Right, this is awful. This yeah, is awful, she's Dominic. Girl. She's 19. It's still, just the word Nickelodeon girl just sounds awful. Oh, I have two of them. She did two movies, and she's freaking stunning. I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't know who she is. That's her. I've got two, Ron, that yeah. from Nickelodeon that I love. Right, I'm, I'm not even sure where Nickelodeon is, if it's even on my cable. That's the one that they drop goo on people from the ceiling? Yeah. Is that Nickelodeon? I hate that messy fucking show. I mean, I don't love this person, but... Oh, my God. You can tell. Seriously, you're fucking sick. No. You no, know that's that she's going to be hot. Like, that is a five-year-old. That's, remember Nellie Portman in The Professional? You yes. knew this chick is going to be phenomenal looking. That's like my number one target, this girl right here on, on the show called Lazy Town. Target. All right. Target and Lazy Town is just <laughs> awful. How old is she? She looks like a toy. She doesn't she even look real. Like, oh, fuck toy. She's actually... All right. She's like 17, and she has like some kind of weird thing where she looks young. You act like, like a disease? <laughs> Maybe. The opposite of that elderly person disease, where the kid's five and looks 90. No, some people look young. I love this girl. Check her out at IMD. I want to see how old she is. <laughs> I'm not gonna and then I'm going to fuck... Seriously, go to IMDB, find out how old she is, and I'm going to... And why is she doing that little fucking pose? That's that wrong was, for a kid. Uh, that was photoshopped. All right, good. Thanks. Okay. Thanks for putting that Oh, up. no, excuse me. She's 18. All right. 18 years old. 
Born May 26, 1991, so she'll be... Uh, now, as, even as awful as that sounds, Hefner moves them into his house at 18. Yeah. He moves these girls in at 18 into his crazy old <laughs> fucking house. Why not, I guess? If they're legal. Uh, Steve-O, you're on the Run of Fetish show. Good morning, buddy. <gasps> what about a young Sybil Shepherd? Oh, come on. She's a fucking bitch. The way she's talking shit about Elvis Presley. No, never, never mind about her personality. I'm just talking in terms of we're talking sexual napalm. No. She, yeah, uh, he's completely number one. Uh, she was unbelievable when she was a young girl. She was incredibly hot. In Taxi Driver, I jerked off to her. Even pre-Taxi Driver, last picture last show, picture show of course. unbelievable. But sexual napalm is different. No, I can't see her being good in bed. No, she was unbelievable. As Peter Bogdanovich. Really? Yeah, he fucking turned the car over. His whole fucking... He just drove down the street, thought about what he just did, and just fucking crashed his car. <laughs> he just went into a roll. And she got the king. What did she say bad about Elvis? That he couldn't... He was terrible at conlingus. Oh, I'm sure he was. Just fucking sneering. He thinks he can go over there and <laughs> sneer on a fucking vagina, and that's going to take him home. And she said he was fast, too. All those guys were in those days. They say the same thing about JFK. Fuck like a little bunny and get out of there. Th that's what push, they had push, to come. They used to call the fucking Kennedy brothers. <laughs> that's what they had to do, though. Why did they have to do it? Good. They want to get a lot of chicks. Well, they no, they were in a lot of shame. There was a shame spiral. <laughs> it was almost like uh, Fez in a fucking men's room where he's in and out as fast as he can possibly go. Uh, Michael, North Carolina, you're on Fez. Hey, Ron. Uh, first, before I say my name. All right. Let me just, no, let me put you on hold. <laughs> I got some really scary news. Um, uh, this is a text. I'll just say from a famous radio personality that says, I love the pink hair lazy town girl. And then the three explanation points afterwards. I'm very excited about it. Now, I am obviously not going to say who this is. But if uh, you can't guess, you don't listen to your radio. And the thing with her being 18 right now, you had to have noticed her well before 18. Oh, She's I just am. not currently 18. Absolutely, I have. Absolutely. Well, 100%. Look at her there. She had to be 11 in that picture. <laughs> I, don't, I have never heard of Lazy Town. What kind of fucking show is this anyway? It's like this fucking whacked out, like, everyone's in, like, high speed. I can even find, like, a video. And that's really what made me, like, interested in this girl because... They're going to bust this fucking place one day. Very sexy. And I'll tell you right now, they're not going to get anything out of me. I'm keeping my fucking mouth shut. But I'm also not covering for anybody. I'm not lying. I'm not lying for you, Dave. Don't lie. And that's just one more thing for me to, uh, to bond with that person about, that host, as you say. She she did this song. It was called Bing Bang, Time to Dance. All right, let me hear. Nightgown. All right, yeah. you know she is um, like the the receptionist on the office. If yeah. she had a baby, it would be this little girl. 
Um, so hideous. Here it is, our buddy intern, Darren. Hey, Darren. Hey, buddies. Yeah. Um, Lady Gaga is not even attractive, but there's still just something so sexual and hot about her. Yeah, that's a great call. Um, well, the thing about Lady Gaga is because she's on stage. It's, you know what I mean? Like, she I has think some moves, like very dramatic. She's a performer. But she also says that she's celibate, the Lady Gaga. She says she does not have sex. Not for a second. Um, let's go over to, um, let's go to Michael. Michael, you're on the Ron Fez Show. Hey, Ron. Uh, first, my first choice would have been Gina Gerson because she can make me watch that stupid movie strip tease over and over and over. Showgirl. But, Showgirl. Oh, the Showgirls, yeah, that's about. it. But uh, Rachel Lee Cook. Uh, who are we talking about with Rachel Lee Cook? Because I don't always know their names. I'll find out. Uh, is, is this one of the all movies she's been in? Uh, we're we're going to go look her up right now. Is this one of the young girls? No, uh, this all started time. because John Mayer called Jessica Simpson sexual napalm. Now we saw Jessica in here the other day. Very uh, pretty young lady, but you didn't get the full sexual napalm feel about her. I I know the Rachel E. Cook was from one of those. Um, you're the nerdy girl, yeah. hey, take off your glasses, where all she was at the beginning was a really hot girl with glasses on. <laughs> That's, right. That's the only fucking thing in that movie. And you're like, what's wrong with these fucking gay guys at this school? They think that glasses fucking are a turnoff. Yeah, I think Freddie Prince Jr. was going to turn her world around. Oh, fuck that guy. Just was that the Freddie Prince one? I think it was. I call anybody in those fucking movies Freddie Prince. <laughs> She's uh she's pretty amazing. Um all right, let's go over here to uh let's go to our good friend Cigars and Scotch. Cigars and Scotch. Hey, sexual napalm for me, even though she's always reminds me of Pete Puma from Bugs Bunny, mm-hmm. Sandra Bernhardt. There's something very sexual about her. Um Sandra Bernhardt did our show in Florida one time. Came in, she was like wearing like a guy's jacket, uh, the hair was messed up. And I think even at the time, like, she wasn't even in the guys at all. And everybody was like, that fucking, there's something about her. Yeah, absolutely. There's just something about her. Well, that just works. I've seen King of Comedy, too. Yeah. I mean, she was flat out hot to me in that movie. And, like, but not traditionally hot. No, you're right. It's more of something in the personality. And, like, there would be people who would say, oh, my God, no. And I, I totally get why they would say that, because she doesn't have traditional looks, but there's definitely something about her. And even though, in fact, I don't even know if she dates guys at all. Oh, and that might be what works for her. You there's know, like an energy to her, though, that yeah. she just off. Yeah, that, but that also works for the Gina Gershon. Gina Gershon is not a feminine-feminine girl. You know what mm. I mean? She's a She's got a lot of masculinity. And people get really fucking weirded out by that, but I think guys are somewhat attracted to a little bit of masculinity in their women. Uh, Chrissy Hine from The Pretenders always had that fucking bit of masculinity. Yeah. Joan Allen um, from the first Raiders. I mean, you know, she was kind of a man, a tomboy, I would say. That Maybe was, not that, that's not Joan Allen. Oh, I'm sorry. Ka- Karen Allen. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, you're on the fence. 
Hey, buddies. How you doing? Good. How about, uh, not exactly the prettiest girl, but how about Fergie? Um, actually, Fergie was in here one day and it was the tiniest little thing ever. And then we got in trouble because we were sitting here, uh, trying to, like, just fucking looking through the window at her. She was about to do Shady 45. And we were basically going, like, doing, like, Hicks, what do you think? Would you, you know, <laughs> as we're looking at her, but we didn't know it. And the fucking assholes, one of the ONA interns, had left on one of the monitors outside. So why we are judging? And we're, and we're uh -huh. also doing this. These fucking guys even have hits anymore? I mean, what, what is the story with these sellouts? And, like, we don't know it, but the whole fucking band and Fergie could uh, fucking hear it. And we're literally, like, um, just being all, like, no, seriously, I'd let her blow me. I would. <laughs> don't fucking call me an idiot. I would let her blow me. And we didn't fucking know that Fergie's listening. And then later, our boss came to us. Were you guys saying anything at all? We're like... Yeah, but they couldn't hear. <laughs> yeah, they could. And their publicists complained. Uh, fuck it. We Fergie's said learn how to great. turn off a monitor. Yeah. Fergie's great. I, I I really love her, but I like your bears of blonde. Um, mm. I don't like the dark hair on her. You see, here's the thing. Looks and I, I know that you like it when it's all slutty, but I like to think that not everybody. You know what I mean? Like, withhold a little bit in public. <laughs> Just a little bit. Well, Like some of the girls that we're talking about, you want to think, they're not exactly fucking showing everybody. When, and the thing of a Fergie or a Lady Gaga, it comes off a little hooish. <laughs> yeah. You've been talking about children? You want to get back to the children? I like her. I like Fry. I, I know I, you. I, I'm not holding it against you. I'm not holding it against you. Um, here's Chris. Everyone Fez. Hey, how's it going, guys? Yes. I got one for you. Uh... Not exactly sure how to say this, but Kim ba ba Bassinger, Bassinger. Uh, yeah, that's the one that married Alec Baldwin, uh, and Alec Baldwin's been paying for the rest of his fucking life. See, Alec Baldwin, you can't get more successful, and his life is a nightmare. Because back in the early 90s, he married this woman. Never liked her. She tried to fuck up Roy Hobbs, and ever since then, I was like, I'm that, done with She you. was perfectly cast for that. Yeah. As fucking bad luck and hot. Well, she loses any attractiveness when you hear about things like she's the one releasing tapes and stories to the news media. To I, me, that oh, yuck. Yeah, but that's crazy girl stuff. Yeah. That's why that's part of it. That's like when you that's like the fucking girl that you come home and she cut up all your clothes. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm. She she seems a little cold to me. Don't you think or no? Are you okay? You seem like you've fallen into this depression. <laughs> if you're not in 100% agreement, you've fallen into depression. Um, let's go over to uh, Jay in Dallas. You're on Hey, what's up, boys? Yeah. I got two. Uh, Marissa Tomei and Rosalind Sanchez. All right. Marissa Tomei, uh, of course, is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. There's no, she's fucking first ballot. She's wonderful. And who's the other one that he's talking about? Rosalind Sanchez, I'm looking her up. Um, she just seems like a very hot girl, but... Yeah, the hot girl thing doesn't... It's fucking... We're going beyond just the normal hot girl. Yeah, that's, that's not the... What's You're talking involved. about sexual napalm. Now, Marissa Tomei, honestly, I, would, I literally will watch her in a movie because she's that alluring to me. 
And I don't give a fuck. If she made My Cousin Vinny Part 4 right now, I'd watch it. Well, you act like that was the only thing she ever won an Oscar for. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like, she can make shitty sequels, and I'd still watch it because she is, she's one of the greats. Um, here's uh, Sean, Alabama. Your mother says. Hey, Ron, I got another two for Tuesday. What about Madonna in her prime and old school Jane Fonda like Barbarella? Uh, definitely Barbarella. The Madonna thing, I guess, in the '80s when she took a holiday and she was like a virgin. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, she was able to get Sean Penn in those days. I actually liked early 90s Madonna when, like, she was on, say, Wayne's World. Yeah. And she had that Madonna was, oh. Did you see her the other night with Larry David and uh, Ricky Gervais? I have it on my DVR in my bedroom. I haven't watched it yet. She was funny with those guys. And they were, like, busting Madonna's balls, and she was busting them back. Had, had she looked, though, because, like, from the commercials, yeah, it know. looked like she's gotten some weird um, yeah, face. You know what she's done. I mean, but I in the meantime, Larry David looked like shit. No one, gives, <laughs> no one cares. But uh, they were funny together. Just fucking Larry David was going, uh, no, I don't like women. <laughs> Madonna. <laughs> I'm a misogynist. <laughs> I've heard she's very cool. Like Cool hell. I heard that she's just in, she's not, you know, she's into, like, gangster movies and shit like that. She's married to Guy Ritchie. <laughs> she knows more about gangster movies than you ever will. <laughs> so that, that's what makes you fucking cool? A woman who likes a gangster movie? Yeah, kind of man stuff, you know. Uh, Rod. Rod in North Dakota here in Montefiore. Hey, Ron. I got to throw uh, Juliette Lewis in the mix. She's always been kind of sexual napalm to me ever since, like, Cape Fear. Oh, Cape Fear was the fucking <laughs> taboo movie for everybody. Yeah, she's unbelievable. I really loved her. And Romeo is bleeding as the prostitute who just, uh, she never got naked, but just in lingerie was so sexy. I couldn't believe it. Oh, my God. I love her. I still love her, actually, even though she's just like a VH1, like, talking head now. Uh, Greg, Virginia, you're on the Oh, hey, guys. Uh, how about Ann Margaret, like, 30 years ago? Yeah. Well, let's see. Maybe not going back. Far, you can go back 40 years. Oh, that's when she was Elvis Presley with a vagina. That's <laughs> the only thing Americans wanted. Elvis Presley with a vagina. Mo, California, you're on the fence. Kelly Ripa, sexual napalm. Uh, Kelly Ripa, Jersey girl, much like yourself, Dave. I love her. Always have, always will, Kelly. Things uh, don't work out. She was just showing off the new wrist tattoo, if Chris Stanley's interested. Uh, Hot Liz, there you are, hey. darling. Hey guys, how are you? Good. Good. My boyfriend's got this thing for pink, and I don't understand it because it looks like she could kick his ass. <laughs> uh, pink what it is? is coming up, and you better get the party started. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pink has that masculine thing where a little bit of masculinity works. Yes, my chick li likes pink. He's, he's obsessed with it. He's like, oh yeah, that's totally my type. But you guys have seen me. I'm a tiny little thing. I'm not like that at all. I know, but you know what? You don't. You never even want to be with a guy who has a type. Be with a guy who likes variety. Yeah. I, I, if you were with somebody who had a type, like let's suppose Dave met uh, his wife's exes, and they were all weird redheaded guys who, you know, you'd be like, what am I? Just a uh, am I a, a fucking replaceable thing? <laughs> you know? So, like, some of you, but... Yeah, I think the pink thing works. And also, you want a chick that feels like... 
that you could get another chick with her at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. You okay. Yeah, you definitely want that. And I know I, you're well open to that too, Hot Liz, so. <laughs> All right, love you guys. Love you too, darling. All right, bye. My chick likes pink, and she, I always claim, I always say this, licky-wise, and she claims not to, but I can tell she always stutters when she says that. Here's the thing. The fact that you said licky-wise, the government should take your children away. I don't normally agree with Fez mm -hmm. with uh, the government interceding and everything, right. but licky-wise, yeah. Take Why? the fucking kids. Well, this is my way of being fun. Uh, baby talk? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we need to uh, break here. By the way, uh, listeners have sent us clips from our own show to go over stuff. And when we get back, now with the Ben Roethlisberger, it just keeps getting worse and worse. Uh, when he allegedly sexually assaulted the 20-year-old college student, at the time, his bodyguards were standing guard outside the door of the bathroom and not letting anybody in. Right back, right after the show. I didn't go to Vietnam just to have pansies like you take my freedom away from me. You went to Vietnam in 1993 to open up a sweatshop. And a lot of good men died in that sweatshop. It's Ron Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Alright, Fez, uh, yesterday, well, I'm going to bring Dave in here, too. I don't know how to keep the whole team together, but I like to do it. Um, yesterday, when Dave was going for his dream job, and that was to be the host of... Uh, the new show on Spike TV. I think it's called uh, Wrestling or something. Uh, <laughs> no, it was. I think. I think it's called uh, the World's, the Universe's Greatest Show or something like that. Uh, best damn sports show ever. <laughs> Is that really the name of it? Something like that. Kind of a rip off of best. Yeah, damn it's like sports the, the show. best show in the universe or something like that. All right. So you wanted to be uh, the head of this show. Yeah, you I want to be a host. You want to host. And Saturday night, you host at your own sports show. Correct. You came in to do an hour after you'd done your four hours of Sam and Dave. Three, but, you know, whatever. Who's <laughs> counting? Uh, it seems long. <laughs> I will only tell you, it seems like a seven-hour show. Okay. Uh, your show, when you're working solo, the phones didn't work. You muscled through, did your hour. Yeah. Tough, um, but I did. I had texted you that said, great job. I really thank you for that. Way to make it through. And then you, you you actually texted me multiple times, and it, it, it encouraged me not to bitch about it on the right. air. Uh, Monday, says uh, you told him that he did a bad job, and you told him that after he called. So later, um, you said you didn't want him to take it personal. You were asked your opinion. He gave it. You started to fight with his kind of fans, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, some listener had pulled these drops. I don't have his name. Do you know his name? Winston. This is Winston, and he tastes good like a cigarette should. This is Winston, 
and uh, just pulling drops from exactly what happened with Fez. So let's hear the first drop. You shoulder down on the fucker. I give you all the credit in the world. I, I thought it was an absolute mess. I listened to most of it, and to me, it just sounded unprepared and unready to go. All right, so from that point, according to Winston, who asked for your opinion? <laughs> Dave and I were talking. I gave him credit in the world. Uh, you just jumped in with your opinion. We can re-listen to the first clip if you like to. You shouldered down on the fucker. I give you all the credit in the world. I, I thought it was an absolute mess. I listened to most of it, and to me, it just sounded unprepared and unready to go. All right, and that was without any thought. Here you are just a little while later. This is two. I didn't bring up any of my stuff. I was just asked what I thought of the Red McDonald show, and I let people know. I don't know why it has to be an attack. Nobody, of course, uh, asked. Here's uh, 2.2. 2.2? Yeah. Let's frozen, hold on. Uh, Dillette is frozen. But the... Uh, Why not part three? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> he has two, 2.1, 2 2.2. .2. But anyway, that's the thing. The, the point was this. We don't even need to go and follow, follow the rest of the clips. No one asked you your opinion, <laughs> but later you used that as a defense, right. the Simon Cowell defense. Now, in the fragile mm -hmm. state that you've been, Dave... Mm -hmm. Very fragile. Would, if Fez had a bad opinion of it, would you rather he just kept it to himself? Yeah. That um, not only is detrimental to my psyche at this point, but uh -huh. probably detrimental to my career. Right. It's just really torpedoing any fucking slim possibility that I have of getting my own show in some context. So it hurt. Well, um, I thought if it was being discussed in the room, it was open to discussion. Yes, but that doesn't mean that you were, you were asked your opinion. You obviously can give your opinion about anything you want, but you can't give the defense of, yeah. wait a minute, I was asked and I gave my opinion. Um, yeah. Um, it, 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 still frozen? It did. It did hurt. hurt um, and the thing about it was, as Ron said, I, I, I'm open, very open to constructive criticism. But it, that didn't feel like constructive at all. It was just, I, don't, I didn't like it. Well, it was funny, though, when he said that you were screaming and an idiot. That made me laugh. Well, I was being passionate. It was different. Mm. Uh, Jeff in Cleveland, you're in front of Fez. Okay, Fez, you think Dave McDonald wasn't prepared? At what point have you ever been prepared to do the show? Uh, why you come on read your psychiatrist, Bill? That's what you do. You know, why, that's my opinion. Why make this personal, Jeff? Well, I'm just saying, you know, the guy, the guy screws up your show, and now he's coming on to another guy's show to screw it up. Says it's worthless. Sorry. Uh, I find that to be a little brutal. I find that to be a little brutal. It was hurtful, though. And the one thing about Fez is I'm not sure if he's, he gets me at all. And after doing the sports show, I truly believe that in my heart. You, this, so this is serious between you guys. I, I, he, remember when he put the kibosh on Davy Red, and then Ron's like, you know, why, why, let's play it, and then that became a character for a while. Uh, put the uh, fucking kibosh on the Twitter thing two weeks, or a, a week ago. What was that? Being down thing? on doing my Twitter fucking ridiculousness at the Twitter Awards oh, show. Oh, the Shorty Awards. The Shorty Awards. Shorty Awards. Yeah. He's been down, he, he that gets was down constructive. On... That was, you know, keep yourself out of trouble. That's, fuck that, man. It's fucking... We're all in here to have fun and live a little dangerously. 
We want to change the name of the show to Johnny Dangerously and see <laughs> if that helps us. My mother put me on a hook once. 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 <laughs> no, I just, you know, I, I'm not sure if Fez has ever understood my humor at, at all. Like, I am weird. Blowhard says I'm a fucking weird guy, so maybe that's the case. That's the case. I don't know. Well, you were up for the weird award. <laughs> so you Pretty feel, and this is almost like, uh... After the sports commentary, it, it dawned on me. I don't think that Fez understands who I am, and maybe never has, and that's why he's criticized a lot of my characters that Ronnie B finds out about, because maybe Pepper says Dave's doing a Tarantino bit, Fez doesn't get it, and Mr. B says, well, put your Tarantino bit on the air, and then, you know, it's Yeah, work. I don't want to spend any time with you off air, but I do normally laugh at the stuff that you do on air, and but <laughs> when Hicks and I are spending our long uh, comfortable dinners together. He what? always puts in a good word for you. Baby <laughs> Rat, I absolutely didn't get. I did, you did it. You did perform it for me, and I didn't understand it. <laughs> I didn't find it funny. Baby Red was a big hit, though. And uh, the, the Shorty Awards, that was me trying to keep you out of trouble. I've done a lot of stuff where you haven't understood, though. Like, a lot of my... And the sports show, I thought too much screaming. Well, I mean, I, I don't know how to fight that. The screaming was uh, intermittently uh, uh, done to show, you know, Matty Fridays is the guy who doesn't like screaming. You know, I mean, he's he's a he's a buzzkill. That's like that's like buzzkill talk. I understand what you meant by that, Matty Fridays. Well, whoever, like, it, it, to me, it's like everyone liked it. it. There was a reason for the screaming. I wasn't doing it to conjure up some weirdness. I was doing it because I'm passionate about the sports, but Fez doesn't understand me. Uh, did you get your delete fixed here, though? I think we just got it. From the, uh, I'm going to run it from over here. Okay. Let's take a listen. This is clip 2.3. Okay, here we go. Um, I was just... I was asked my opinion, and I gave it. I don't know why it has to turn into an attack on me and my problems. Well, I we did find out, though, that your big defense, I guess, Fez, is that you never were asked your opinion. You just right. gave your opinion and then hid behind the, Dave asked me my opinion. And then here's another one about uh, conversational tone, I guess. What I would do is I would be probably in a more conversational tone. <laughs> Come on. Now, what is, what is your beef with that, Dave? Because I don't think that that's an original idea from Fez. I think that Ron has mentioned about com being conversational, and Fez regurgitated it and passes it off as his own idea. Like oh. you don't suck up to Ron on every. Why Ron does anybody has. need to fucking suck up to me? A, I don't suck up. I tend to agree with Ron, and I'm uh, not going on to lie. Um, many different things. We have disagreed about. Well, what the is this? Now I feel like I'm in it. What are, what are you saying with me? He's saying that I am. He's saying that I'm just repeating, regurgitating what Ron said. No, that is coming off of no screaming. That's that, that's all off. I've of never me. heard you say the phrase "be more conversational." That's a, a Mr. Bennington fucking phrase. And uh, but that's coming off of my uh, too many too much screaming criticism. Uh, here's Josh in New Mexico. Hey, uh, how's it going, Ron? Good. Uh, first thing I want to say is Dave Dave obviously loves you, Ron. He worships Ron Bennington as a radio host, as everybody else does. But he also cares a lot for Fez, too, and he thinks highly of Fez. 
And it seems like Fez is always just beating him down and keeping him down. Even though he does like Fez, he may give him shit, but he loves Fez. Uh, and my second point, yeah. my, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. My second no. point is Fez may not get Dave, but Fez don't even get Fez either half the time. He don't even understand himself, so how is he going to judge Dave? All right, well, let, uh, do you do you like Fez? <laughs> um, I used to. Wow. Something's really changed in you? The sports thing hurt my feelings quite a bit because it's, if it's a, a gimmick, I don't get it, and it's really hurtful to my career, and I thought you were trying to help me out. I make $2,000 a month. I, I would love to host my own show some, some, in some way. And he likes I, to have his own deal. I need that only to provide for my family. If I could get paid five G's a month for Ron Fez, I'd be a fucking happy camper. I'd jerk off every day. Don't you jerk off every day now? Yeah, but I'd jerk off even more. There's one more. Uh, well, we'll uh, who's coming? Uh, what's going on here, Hicks? Oh, so we have Mindy Kaling from The Office uh, coming in. Which is Mindy? The Indian girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I adore her. All right, from the uh, office, uh, Mindy Kaling is stopping by. She uh, is. She plays the part of the Indian girl. Yeah, Brian. but what's her name? What's her name on the show? I don't know what day Fez just came in and just said just the office. Oh, she plays Kelly Kapoor on the office, and she's also one of the writers. Very, very cool. Uh, stopping by to see us right now from the office, Mindy Kaling. Mindy Kaling. That's the version of the song from the show, though. Yeah, it's like a... I love it. It's some kind of a strange mix that they got. The kids are into it now in Brooklyn. It's a very big <laughs> Brooklyn thing. Mindy, welcome to the show. How Thanks. are you today? I'm great. Thanks. Um, I'm going gonna, gonna to be honest with you. I'm one of those, and I'm sure there wasn't a lot of people that saw the British office first and go, I can't watch the American office. And it actually took me a couple of years before I started to get into it. Well, it's funny. I think um, we're all the biggest comedy nerds, the ones that are the writers on the show. So uh -huh. There's a certain feeling at the beginning of, like, we had the same feeling. Like, I think Ricky DeRay's performance in that is kind of perfect. Uh -huh. Like that and, like, maybe, like, Edie Falco on The Sopranos. Like, there's some, like, perfect performances. Yeah. And so when Steve, who I think was, like, not even an anchorman yet, was going to do it, like, I, I think everyone was, like, a little bit dubious, even people working on the show. Uh, but also, I think Gervais helped lead us there, where Gervais is like, I don't know about this new show yet. <laughs> right. And then he finally kind of came around to it, I think. Yeah, there was, it was definitely wasn't like a, he came on with like this full endorsement. But mm -hmm. I guess it's like, it's like anything else, it's better to go into something with like a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, because we, we definitely had that. Well, you know what's kind of fun now is to go back, I think the British offices are running again on one of the shows. And you can see like 
how different it is. It's not like when it first came on, you're like, okay, well, these two characters are the same as this. But all the background characters in the British office were just really in the background. Mm -hmm. You know, they weren't even involved with the show so much. Yeah, they'd have like one or two <laughs> lines. There was like the relationship between like the the woman and the black guy, and they were like sort of, they had like three lines. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I was just saying the show is now, the office has been on for such a long time that it's like The Simpsons where you start, you know, wondering about, you know, the guy that runs the bar or Ralph mm -hmm. Williams or, you know, the principal at the school. Like, so um, we're lucky that way, I think. And you, uh, of course, you came in as a writer or? I came in as a writer. It wasn't, you weren't planning on doing both from the beginning? Well, in my contract at the beginning, Greg, who'd always liked writer-performers, Greg Daniels, my boss, was uh, writing partners with Conan O'Brien in, in college. Mm -hmm. and he was still sort of best friends, and so I think he really loved writer-performers. And so he hired a bunch of writers with an acting clause in our contract. So in the second episode, I was in there as almost like a... I mean, I slapped Steve Carell in it, but I didn't know that I was going to keep acting. So. so you had no idea at the time that this... No, I wanted out. to. I was hoping and yeah. praying, like, you know, most writers or people behind the scenes, like, have that desire. Like, I had that, like, nefarious desire inside <laughs> of me, but I, I really lucked out. But even now, I guess, when the other writer, like, everyone's together, uh, do you sit with the writers or do you sit with the actors? Where do you sit in that little lunch table thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the writers get in at, like, 10, 10 o'clock in the morning and yeah. they stay until, like, midnight. And the actors get in at, like, 6. There is, like less like group hanging out among uh -huh. the actors because you come in at different times and things. But um, I, I identify as a comedy writer, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. So when all the actors are leaving at the end of the day, they're like, all right, let's all head off. You you stay with the writers. Yeah. Mm. I, the acting lifestyle is... Well, I'm... In my heart, I like to have like a nine-to-five. I like, I like the feeling of being somebody's like employee. Mm -hmm. And so being like independent like a like an actor and having some days off, I, I wouldn't be able to handle that. Like, now, writing on the show like this, and it's it's tough for the rest of us who've never been through it to understand, but you will write one single script and then everybody else kind of comes and works on it for you. Like, when you see that thing, of like, when it's written by you, mm -hmm. you may have written a great deal of it, but maybe a lot of it has changed, and you might be writing on a lot of the episodes that your name isn't on, too. That's exactly right. That's... Yeah. Um, there's a we have like a big conference room table. Everyone sits around it, and our head writer Paul Leverstein, who plays Toby, weirdly people, yeah, he'll assign an episode to someone like, okay, Mindy, go write Secretary's Day. I'll take four days, leave. I can write it however I want. Yeah. We turn it in, and other people can like add jokes. We do like a, a rewrite, and then but my name is like always on it once it's assigned to me. And so isn't that funny though? You, so there's like three of you that are actor writers on the show. Yeah, and it's more and more now. Almost when I look around the writers' room, you can recognize almost every writer as having been in the show. Gene and Lee Eisenberg—they were uh, Vance Refrigeration repairmen. Like they've actually been on the show and established characters. So uh -huh. it's kind of fun. I mean, that's I, like a lot of times you'll find these shows like Law and Order. The writers' room is in L.A. and they shoot in New York. Right. So there's no like interaction between anybody. Yeah, I we were friends with one of the guys who writes for Lost, and mm -hmm. he had never been to Hawaii. He was just in L.A., and we're saying, well, what is this person? And he's like, I don't know. I've never met the cast. And wow. he never really interacted. He stayed in L.A. writing scripts, and then they, they nope. shoot it, it over. Wow, so he would just see the show air. Yeah, and he's going, hey, these guys all seem like they're doing great. I don't know. This is a total disconnect. Yeah, I guess it's, it's, yeah, it's a completely different kind of job. You just meet them at the Emmys, the actors. <laughs> yeah, everyone gets funny. together, yeah. Uh, for you, 
Dream job, though, being the writer in L.A., or is this something that this is what you wanted coming out of school? Or? This is always the dream. I mean, it's funny, what Tina Fey is doing right now, being the yeah. writer and the star of her own show, that's always, I mean, and what Conan O'Brien do, where they create their own material and they get to perform it. I mean, that is, I think, the ultimate dream, but it doesn't, my job is pretty awesome. Like, I don't know a ton of people with jobs that I, I think I'd envy more. I mean, I think I have a great job. Yeah. Tina is probably that person who's so in the pocket right now, like everything she seems to be doing. And now you guys have this kind of great Thursday night lineup where we feel like, all right, Thursday nights is the comedy night with the Parks and Recreation, you guys, and 30 Rock. Mm-hmm. Well, when I was growing up, Thursdays were like that, but I think it was different. Like, it was, you know, they're all multi-cam shows, like Cheers and the comedy mm-hmm. show. The feel is like a little bit more of like an alternative feel. I don't know, and I think the ratings are different too. Like we do, I know people are really like our our Thursday night lineup, but I, I don't know if we get like the same like monster ratings that they did, you know, in the 80s for Musty TV, but I think the shows are all really quality. I love Community too. I think mm-hmm. it's a great show. So how much do you pay attention to ratings? I mean, obviously you guys have been there long enough and everything's okay, but do you go, the show I wrote, is maybe a little lower than so the, the one you have that well, would get you. The thing that takes a while to figure out is you always have to base your ratings on the show, the the next show, because people tune in to a show and it's like they'll only they'll only watch it. Like they'll you can. I guess what I'm trying to say is like you only know how well your show did by how many people are tuning into the one that comes after. Yeah. So it's a weird thing. I had no idea that. Yeah, That's because... totally stunning to me. Because when people tune in, they don't know, like, who wrote it or whatever. So you, if, if you're the show after you has terrible ratings, you're like, <laughs> oh, they hated last week. I had no idea yeah. that. That's amazing. It's just, it makes sense kind of when you think about it. But so you, you've got to sit around and go, all right, there's my show. You know, have the nerves with that running. And then go, the ratings will be in a week from now. The we'll find out how I did. Yeah, exactly. Um... Any people ever come on to write on the show and just didn't uh, weren't be able to find a flow? Because <laughs> it seems like it's it's a tough grind, right? Well, uh, you know, we've now been on six years, and almost everyone who was on from the first season is sort of still on. Wow. But yeah, I mean, comedy writers like we're really hard on people, and like oh, yeah. you can fake anything, but you can't fake a laugh, as you know, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, there, it, it it can be hard and challenging to get the kind of the rhythm of our show because it isn't, it isn't. We don't have a laugh track on our show, so there is a it is a very kind of specific way to write for it that some people can't, some people don't get. Well, you know, it's always. I mean, when I always think of comedy right. I'm always thinking of Saturday Night Live, and the amount of people who went in that environment. Some of them are just like this is exactly the funnest thing, and then a lot of funny people went in there and just got ground up, just could not handle it, the competitiveness and some of the cruelty that takes place. I mean, I guessed right there for two weeks, and um, the atmosphere is very high pressure and very competitive, like in mm-hmm. a good way, but you re- you hear stories about Larry David, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, like hilarious Great people, people yeah. who, like, for whatever reason, were not a good fit, um, so I think it's like a really specific thing, um, whether you can do well there or not. Yeah, Janine Garofalo uh, told me she just despised it. Jay Moore had, you know, people that went on and really did some good stuff after they left that show didn't necessarily work. Then you see a guy like Jimmy Fallon who seems like he wouldn't be the toughest guy in the world, and he just floated above it all when he was there. I mean, he just really did well with it. 
Yeah, and then like Chris Rock, for instance, who I believe is the funniest human in the world. I never thought he was all that funny. I know. And yet, you know, he has such a point of view. He might be the funniest. Uh, yeah, I think the funniest human. And I just, um, you know, and Matt X was fine, but I just wanted his point of view. I didn't want him playing characters. Yeah, you know? and he was there for like six years. He was there wow. long enough that yeah. they could have, yeah, he was there for a long time. And you would have thought at some point they would have said, all right, now we know how to use him. You know, he and David Spade, David Spade kind of had a couple of characters that worked mm -hmm. there, but didn't always work out. Um, when you're writing for your uh, show, for, for The Office, who is fun to write for and who's more, who's more a little difficult to, to make it work? It's, the good thing about our writing room is that you have people that, like, we, there's a couple guys in our show, Gene and Lee, amazing writers, and they love writing for Creed. Mm -hmm. And they just think that there's something about him being like kind of mysterious and weird and older, and they just love it. They think it's great. I find it very challenging to write for that character because I need like rules in a character, and mm -hmm. when a character like him could have done anything, there are no rules. I don't know how to write for it. But um, I like writing for, for Toby, for Paul Lieberstein, because he's a very specific kind of like, you know, 46-year-old, sad sack, divorcee. I like, I really feel like, for whatever reason, I'm like, I like that world, and I know what, you know, what he wants to be. And I love writing for the new Ryan, the kind of, like, douchebag Ryan, mm -hmm. the aspirational, like, hipster guy. Yeah. So those are my two favorites right now. Isn't that funny that the Ryan character has probably been the one that's made the most changes through the years? He's so, he has had, he's been so many different people. Yeah. And, but I really, like, each person, like, when he had, like, the dyed hair, yeah. like, that guy in corporate, like, I am, um, Bunder kid when he was in that for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what's really funny too is because they run the reruns so much that you can get the different Ryans like three in a row now, and you're like, Jesus Christ, right. <laughs> what's going on with that? Uh, and you could have burned out, I think, the love interest, and it seems to have worked. Like there's been so many inner office love interest things, and you could have definitely ruined that. It's been able to hold on. Well, some people. Are, they're like, what is this, Melrose Place? Like, everybody's dating everybody mm -hmm. else. But, I mean, as, you know, where I work, which is the office of the office, like, that is the case. Like, people date each other and are married to each other. You just work there so much that, that I'm sure it happens here with different people here. Yeah. And so people get annoyed by that. But um, the one thing that Greg did with Jim and Pam, because I was like, you know, you watch a show like Ed, and they how do you keep a couple apart that really love each other for right. seven years and what they would do is you know he'd be about to tell her how he felt and then someone would come in on a horse at the last second and even though like i as a kid like like that i think there is like a feeling of like well that's not real life that's just like coincidences and keeping people apart for keeping them apart yeah. so our boss was like you know what when they get together they're just going to get together we're not going to have them if they were really meant to be together so that was challenging though because you know like Ross and Rachel, they didn't get together for ten years or something, and uh, they had a baby together. <laughs> they still yeah. didn't know they were. They like, still weren't like, sure they weren't how, they felt. how they felt. Yeah. Each other. And America like loved it. Uh, I loved the, what you guys just did with this baby episode, though, of oh, the God. fact that the uh, of not leaving. I don't think it's that you watched it. It's, it's, it's like it's awesome that you've like seen that episode and are like a like a fan of it. The show, yeah, that's great. Uh, because well, if you look at that, uh, most of the time it's just the opposite of we've got to get her to the you know to the hospital immediately, and it's just really funny to see because you're I guess competing against fifty years of sitcoms still. Right. You know, how do we not do the same things that the Flintstones did? How do right. we not do the same thing that Lucy did? 
Well, I was watching, I thought those episodes came out really well. Yeah. And I was, I was proud of the way, well, in the first episode, Tim doesn't want to go to the hospital. And while I was watching it, I was, like, annoyed at her mm-hmm. because I was, like, there's the safety of the baby and Jim really wants to go. But then when she freaked out and she was just, like, I just don't know if I can do it. I mean, that is really, like, Jenna Fisher is just such an amazing, I don't yeah. know a lot of comedy actresses, like, on a sitcom that could do that. Yeah. And realize that that was the reason she was being that way. And, you know, that does happen in real life. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I know that so many, there's been, that's how we talked to a lot of mothers when we wrote mm-hmm. that episode. So I, but, um, but, but I, I really like that episode. I think it came out well. So uh, for you, what are you hoping to do? Where are you hoping to go with all this? Uh, well, I have a deal with NBC mm-hmm. to write my own show. So I've been, uh, when I'm not working in the office, I've been working on a pilot to do uh, with them that I would, be in an ensemble, but maybe have like a starring part in like um, something that's closer to what my real life is like a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm writing a romantic comedy with another office writer, so we're hoping. So you're just constantly writing. You're just constantly writing. I have no other skill set. So for <laughs> me, it's like I don't have anything else that I can do. I have no hobbies. I have barely any interests. So for me, it's like that's pretty much the only thing to do. Uh, it was great to have you stop by. And continued success fun. is really, really cool. Thanks to see what you're doing. Cool. Mindy Kaling, The Office, every week, uh, Thursday nights. Thanks so much. Thank you. You're going to beat me? The golf? <laughs> oh, you're on. You're in big trouble, though, pal. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. You eat pieces of shit for breakfast? No. Ron Fishu, Ron Bennington, Fizz Wally, Chris Stanley, Isa J. McDonald, um, Mindy Kaling from The Office just in. Uh, Dave, did she ask like The Office wasn't a big hit? She, I thought it was a big hit. She was ridiculously humble, yeah. and I'm not even sure she understands how gigantic that I show I thought it was is. a gigantic show. It is gigantic. I was, a, I was completely baffled by it. She was going, oh, thanks. You saw it. <laughs> I thought everybody, yeah. uh, you know, saw this thing. And also, it's really weird being a comedy writer. She's very serious and late. Yeah. They get, they, t- maybe that's like the writer thing. I like it. I like she's a young person working at a bunch of things. Very humble. I really appreciate that about her. Yeah. She's sweet. Mm. And, um, Attractive, too. Oh, yeah, she's a very pretty young lady. That Ryan's crazy for not treating her nicer. I love uh, Indian chicks in general. I mean, I I like all women, the blacks, the, the, the You're Chinese. You're good that way. You're good but that way. I really love those those Indians for some reason. Uh, Daryl, you're on the run of the show. Ronnie B., what to do? Hey, quickly, um, you know, it's funny is the whenever The Office, when it first came, was trying to basically copy the British version, Mindy Kaling's character was very straight-laced. They had her all dressed up very traditionally and conservatively, and they totally changed her character after the first year. But I, I kind of wanted to get your take on I just finished watching Invention of Mine, and you know, some of it was good, a lot of it was boring. I, I kind of wanted your thought on if Ricky Gervais will ever do something that is a, uh, a full-time, prime-time television venture here uh, that's not on HBO, something that's going to be on the prime-time network. Well, first of all, I guess this last thing is another HBO hit for him, right? This podcast oh. with the cartoons? Yeah. yeah, the Ricky Gervais show. Is this a hit? I, yeah, I, I believe so. Everybody's talking about so. I mean, oddly enough, that would be three in a row 
that he pulled off. He's not as big in in movies, uh, but his TV shows, you know, you got to be fucking like I don't know Dick Van Dyke or something before you pull off three hit TV shows. So I guess it's huge. Ronnie, did you like extras? I was a huge fan of extras. I wish it would have got more play here. I almost feel like they should start re-airing it again because I think there's. I think there's a huge market for it that people just didn't get it the first time. No, I think it was a hit. It actually did very, yeah, uh, did very well, and and that's why he was able to do the next show. He just doesn't do what the American Office has done, where they um, play it for seven years. He plays 12, 18 episodes, and he's out. He's done. Uh, I think the American Office has run for over 100 fucking episodes. You know, 10 times or something more than what Gervais did. They've had like some seasons where like maybe a quarter of the shows are hour long episodes. That's doubling it up. So it's it's definitely over a hundred some episodes. It's crazy. Um, isn't the office a hit though? Why did she act like it wasn't? I don't know. It's a huge hit. It's six years. Gigantic. She acted like it was kind of hard to find too. Like it was yeah, yeah, hidden, it's it's hidden in a table somewhere. NBC at nine o'clock is still the big comedy fucking thing. You know that's the Seinfeld spot, the Friends spot, the Cosby spot, the Cheers spot. I don't know what I missed. And I guess the uh, gay show was there for a little while. Will and Grace. Never watched that. Never was a Will and Grace thing. No. Caught a couple episodes. Um, my favorite show is Party Down, I think. It's coming back again. Oh, great, because I love that show. They stole the girl from Glee, though. The girl, Glee... Jane Lynch. Stole my fucking Jane Lynch connection. I love her. I just realized that she was in The Fucking Fugitive. Did you know that? She was Harrison Ford's, like, friend, doctor friend who helped him. I absolutely don't know that. <laughs> it's amazing how long <laughs> she's been around. I love Jane Lynch. She's unbelievably funny. Crazy about her. Crazy. Unbelievable. Although, can't watch the Glee. She, I, like, I can't turn on the Glee. There's, like, some people I really strongly feel that should be nominated for, like, supporting actor, uh, I mean, for an Oscar. And I think that comedy gets ripped off all the time. Jane Lynch should be nominated for supporting actress for either Best in Show, you know, or, or any of the, the various Christopher Guest roles. It's, she, it's not fair. She is unbelievable. Best in Show, she played maybe the all-time greatest lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hysterical. And that's kind of cool, though. At least they replaced her on Party Down with her lesbian chick. Yeah, it wasn't so crazy. You don't like that girl? I don't like her as much, no. I can't tell you how much I like the Jane Lynch. Oh, no, she's amazing. There are certain people... Uh, and Gervais was obviously one of them when I actually just came and sat on O&A's show because Gervais was here. <laughs> it still seems a little fucking cringy that I would do that. <laughs> show up in the middle of the day. Hey, guys. I sit down with you. Oh, hey, Ricky. How are you? Like a fucking dick. Um, but there are certain people that I will like out of proportion. And a lot of times I think that has to do with where that just came into your life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. At the time, and I can remember this really specifically, that I saw the English office, Watley started having his breakdowns, and he and I, you know, started talking less, and, you know, it was the middle of the winter, and then, you know, there was a couple other things going on in my life, and then this fucking weird little British show came on, and I started looking forward to it like it was a girlfriend. I like, I like, you ever get that thing when you start dating a girl and oh, you're like, you can't wait till you see her and you're absolutely. like, literally thinking of three days. I flew I'm down to North Carolina. Yeah. I would have flown somewhere to see the British office <laughs> when I first discovered it. 
and it was one of those things where I felt like I just discovered it. I just happened to bounce across the BBC America fucking network, which how often are you looking for programming there? Yeah. Find this show, and then fucking you're like, this is my fucking show now. I remember, like, the first time I saw Mystery Science Theater 3000, I couldn't even explain it to people. <laughs> and I'm like, so wait, people are, guys with the robots are watching a movie, and they're talking over it? And I was yeah. like, yeah. But I, I thought that was my show for a long time. Um, we always talk about, like, whether a book, TV show, movie, whatever that is, that you can connect to the most. What do you think, Dave? What do you think is, like, the one thing that could... It's like a piece of art book that could be life-changing. Book, because you can bring it with you, and there is just something about conjuring up the images in your head that is so special. It's, it's difficult to replace. And that way, it's always a novel, too. It's yeah. not, it can't be nonfiction to have that thing. I, I, I honestly, and I, I know I'm going to kill Martin Scorsese if he's listening, but I'd rather Why wouldn't he be? read like a Hunter Thompson book than almost do anything on the planet Earth. When, like, when you would get that new book and that fucking feeling. Yeah. Uh, Fez Watley, I know that you say you're not into the arts that much. Right. And it doesn't, I don't want you to make it up that it hasn't, but has anything ever been life-changing for you that way in terms of a book, a film? I'm trying to think, of, I would think it would probably be a TV show with me, but I don't know. I think, I think maybe the movie What About Bob? Where it was like, all right, you know, here is someone that does have just multiphobic, you know, even though it was an exaggeration, it still seemed like, all right, that person is still likable. That person is still, you know, can do something with his life. Mm. So I think, what about Bob? And then I, you know, I went and saw it like five times in the theater. Well, what about Bob was the life-changing thing <laughs> in your life? Five times for that movie is, is a I lot. I loved it. No. I just, you know, I that thought it was probably the movie. Half his gross. <laughs> that is funny as shit. That's no doubt about it. I got the t-shirt. What about Theo Hicks? Uh, senior year of high school, I started listening to Fish. Mm. And it, it's, not, it's not just because of Fish, but that, that alone, I just got obsessed with it. And that opened me up to other music. And it, it, from, jumping from that standpoint... I just started so really getting into was music. the the door opening to you for a whole other world. Uh, Why are you laughing enough. at him? It, it, you should laugh. I've never felt that fish fits pepper at all. It it's just he's seen a different but time. See, that's the, but see, that's the interesting thing. Yeah, you're right. Because uh, obviously a certain novel, for me, opened me up to reading books. Hmm. Now, I've used that same book to give it to fucking young men of a certain age. Uh -huh. Saying, here's a book. And then when you see them and they're still carrying that book around, you're like, uh, dude, there's other fucking books. You know what I mean? Like, I love that you love this book, but let's not end there. And for me, and again, it can only happen at a certain time of life, was on the road. Where I was a fucking, in high school, read on the road, and that kind of quelled out anything else. Like, yeah. It just fucking changed things. Like, okay, I know what I want to fucking do. And that's experiencing things and pay attention to things. Yeah, and then I'm sure from on the road you discovered, like, Ginsburg and shit Everything. like that. All I've the always, tangent shit. Yeah. I have always used, and this is something that happened to me when I was a fucking kid. And remember, when I was a kid, it was pre-internet, so it was tougher to look things up. 
But if I fucking was reading uh, Rolling Stone, and fucking you would read like Dylan said, I got the name from Dylan Thomas. Boom, I went out and read Dylan Thomas. Yeah. If I fucking read anything with like, uh, you know, like you said, Hunter Thompson, then he said F. Scott Fitzgerald for me. Yeah. I would just fucking leave. I'm off into an F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yep. That was the only way I could find that. That's why I identified immediately with what Hicks was talking about, with Fish just being the, the thing that opened the door. Doesn't have to stay it. The catapult. Know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, like Hunter Thompson revered Hemingway as well, and while Old Man in the Sea was mandatory reading in grade school, I then went out and started reading all shitloads of Hemingway just because Thompson liked it. Well, that's the other even weird fucking thing, is that you can fuck up with school. Like, a lot of times I wish school didn't hand you books. You know what I mean? Because of who it's coming from, it's almost like it's coming from the wrong person. Yeah, when I wanted to read Old Man of the Sea for myself, right. then I thought it was one of the best written books of all time. It right. was only when they made me read it that I was like, this is boring. But then I read it in my early 20s. I'm like, fuck, this is great. Yeah. And that, that, is, that kind of shit happens all the fucking time where um, you just uh, fucking get it from the wrong source. And school tends to be the wrong source. Well, because, I mean, well, with me, it was nuns. and it, you know, Like, how, how, how cool can a nun be? Right. I don't want to hear what she has to say. Well, everything came with a test, too. They would hand you the crucible to read, and you'd know there'd be a paper or a test to go along with it. Yeah. The weird thing, though, I never would have figured out that the crucible was about the 1950s. <laughs> you know what I mean? Arthur I, never, yeah, I never got the McCarthyism thing. That had to be fucking pointed out to me as a kid. From what? Fifties? I don't get it. Aren't these fuckers pilgrims? Symbolism. Why can't we just go out? Uh, Tony, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, you ever read Papillion? My dad gave that book to me. He said it was his favorite book of all time, and I just picked it up. It's great. Great read, great adventure. Yeah, there's so many of those books, too, like that, that have to happen to you. At a really early fucking spot, I think. I always feel bad for kids that don't fucking read, you know? I'm not sure that you could... Well, Dave, you said the the, the thing of, like, when you have that book, you walk around with it for a while. Yeah. You oh, know, there's God. nothing else. I guess an album can do that to you at a certain age. Yeah, and this the... might be the time where, for I believe it will be the 14th day in a row, you say Neutral Milk Hotel. <laughs> No. <laughs> I actually got a fucking. I actually got an email about that last time, last night. How many times you say that word? <laughs> Go on, say it twice a month. Um, <laughs> I mean, I even like like I, I used to carry around Failsafe, the mm -hmm. book, which really is quite dated. I just thought, my God, you know, this is such an amazing read that I I, I used to I wore the shit out of it. Failsafe is what, um, what's his name, uh, did... Clooney did a, uh, fucking... Well, yeah, Walter Matthau was in the original, and then Clooney did a remake of it live on NBC. Yeah, but you know what the Dr. Strangelove was oh, based yeah, yeah, on yeah, fucking right. Failsafe. Yeah, it was totally parody. Um, so that's when Terry Southern did that. And then I became a major Terry Southern fucking fan, read everything that he did. And I think here's the weird thing about that. I think I became a Terry Southern fan 
because he was one of the faces on Sgt. Pepper. <laughs> and he was the only one wearing sunglasses. Right. So I remember how you would have Sgt. Pepper. Yeah. And look through it. I'm like, who's that fucking guy? And then I found out that, you know. Well, they had the little dot, the, yeah. the uh, little numbers that corresponded with but the But like, even getting his name, I'm like, I don't fucking, yeah. you know what I mean? He's not exactly Muhammad Ali right. or whatever. Who the hell is he? So then uh, I went up and, and found out the films he read and then started to read his books, became a huge fucking fan of him. And so much of a fan that uh, every once in a while I'll just think to myself, that fucking Terry Southern fucking cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you kind of, once you get that obsession, they're almost like old fucking, you know, friends or fucking I, I, Definitely, I think reading is so personal that you really feel like you've met this person somehow. Yeah. Um, here is uh, Rob Boston. You're on the fence. Hey, buddies. Yeah. Uh, I remember in ninth grade, during English literature class, I didn't want to read anything we had in front of us, but we had that giant, fat literature book, and I just cut, like, into the middle of it, and somehow started reading 12 Angry Men during the actual class who's dictating stuff that I don't remember, and I never read anything. And that's almost a better way to read, like, it's somehow, like, English is better if you're reading during your geometry class. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you almost need to be stealing literature, not forced to read it. But doing it as a fucking bad pastime. Uh, Todd and PA, you're my friends. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Yeah, I'm a uh, I'm an English teacher and an actor at the same time. And uh, Shakespeare, I mean, it's ruined by English teachers because they they force the kids to read it, and it was never meant to be read. It's I mean, it's a script for a play. So I mean, unless you're seeing it or, or performing it on stage, it doesn't mean anything. It's it's the same thing as you know reading one of you know. Have you ever seen um, Al Pacino's documentary? So great. The yeah, looking for Richard. Great. Yeah, that's the thing that should be shown to kids. Absolutely. Because that actually made me like Shakespeare better than uh, anything else in the world. He he just gets to the point that they're teaching it incorrectly. That the best thing he said in that movie was, you don't understand every word in a rap song, right. but you get the gist of it. And the teachers would focus on one sentence of a Shakespeare and analyze it, and, and it loses. The whole fucking meaning of the scene. Well, we would have teachers that tried to make us memorize it, and you would have to come up and recite something. That's not from one of the plays. Fucking Shakespeare was Tarantino back then. Why do they even make you recite any poem? Why would that ever be considered a a benefit? You know what I mean? Memorization skills. Um, Yeah, but it doesn't. But you don't do it with everything. It, It doesn't really seem like it has much to do with the poem, and then even like. You ever like a movie and they'll act like a guy's smart because he can start reciting a poem? Yeah. I'm like, well, how's that any different than if a guy can just start singing a song? <laughs> it's not that fucking impressive. Right. It's supposed to be if you can connect with it. Yeah. Not fucking uh, remember it. Uh, it always kills me about lyrics when people fucking act like they don't know what the lyrics are, even though they've been singing the song for years. Oh, heck, see if you can find this. There's this fucking hysterical piece of the guy from Fox News, Glenn Beck, just fucking finally dawning on him what um, Born in the USA is about. (laughs) He fucking didn't know that it was kind of a protest song, and this land is your land. He didn't fucking know. 
And people do. I, it's always amazing to me. Are you a guy who pays attention to lyrics, Dave? Yeah, I try. I try to. If you love the song, you'll end up thinking about it. I lyrics. mean, with like Bob Dylan and the real great writers, yes, I will. I will very much think about the lyrics. But then there's a lot of people like they write so different. Dylan is one of them that you're not even sure what the fuck he meant or if he knows. Neil Young does the same shit. You're yeah. like. Really, Neil? But that's cool, because you can yeah. come up with the meaning for yourself. Well, it goes back to what you said, too, about Shakespeare. It's like, you don't have to get every fucking piece of it. Right. Uh, and that's why a lot of people can't enjoy foreign films, because it all seems like it happens to Yeah, I can't them. relate to that. That seems crazy to me. You don't love a foreign film? No, I, I mean, I love foreign oh, films. Yeah. I can't understand why you're, you're watching visual images. Why? How can you not understand Well, they just this? start and lose the words. And then feel like that they get lost from it. There's I like I, I I used to have that that French director, brilliant guy who who directed Delicatessen and Amelie. Mm-hmm. I would show Delicatessen to all of my friends, and I would literally lose friends by the people who didn't like Delicatessen. That that would be what's known as the Big Chill moment. <laughs> um, the movie. Did you ever see the movie Big Chill? Of course. I don't even know if they explain this in the. I don't think they do explain it in the film, but. I read that the director or writer said about it later that the big chill moment is uh, you kind of you're an adult and you're with somebody and you're like oh this fucking guy is great uh, they remind me of the people I grew up with this feels like my tribe and then they will just say something so unappealing to you <laughs> and against anything you know what I mean yeah. you you just like be with a person you're like they're fucking so great yeah. now nowhere they'll go like this. I never cared much for Jews, you know. <laughs> do some kind of fucking thing that gives you the big chill. Yeah, you know. I totally know it. You know, you're just like you're with somebody, and you get on. Uh, they ought to build a fence around the ghetto and keep those animals. You're just like, what? Wait, what? I thought we were all buddies here. That literally, what you just said, literally happened with one of my used to be friends, where he was talking about we really need to keep the Mexicans. Mm-hmm. Out of our country, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like so serious about it. I'm like, we, I'm Dave. Like, I, we, we, yeah. we, we, we talk about the Yankees, right? Like, where's this fucking Mexican shit coming from? And I, I've never talked to the guy since. I had a friend went to college with him and was friends with him for a long time. He made an AIDS comment that I just found absolutely insane coming out of his mouth. Now, how long did that happen before? Uh, he made the comment. How long were you friends with him? I was probably friends with him, I would say, 10 years. Wow. Yeah. That's really <laughs> deep to come into the big... Uh... <laughs> so is this after you had re-thought the AIDS thing? Oh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, oh. when I when I feel like I had learned kind of what even AIDS was. Right. You know, and just said a comment of... Basically, God's punishment pr- right. comment, and I'm like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and I, I haven't talked to that person really since, maybe once. And since they don't then. even know why you're done with them. Like, right? Yeah. Like, exactly. Fuck <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, God's punishment. Where, but in like, your drift, mind, drifted apart. Yeah. As far as he's concerned, <laughs> you didn't think to try to educate the person or no? I said enlighten them. No, I said something at the moment. I think I said something like, you can't really believe that. Why don't you just say this? I plan on getting AIDS someday <laughs> when I have the courage. Now, how do you feel about it? Well, that's that's the exact fucking funny kind of moment, too. You know, that from his point of view, it's a given. 
That's what makes it a fun thing. Right, yeah. Yeah. It was just fact. Yeah, just fact. It might as well have been written in the Bible as far as he was concerned. But, you know, the weird thing is, well, it was. Um, No, I mean, actually, the word AIDS. Oh. Um, But for him, it would probably be the big chill that you fucking also didn't get it just as easily as he did. Mm. Uh, All right. Mm. Do we have this uh, thing? Yeah. All right. So, basically... Glenn Beck is, I guess, talking about how we get tricked by musicians. I'm not exactly ah. sure, but it's it's pretty interesting. Let's take a listen here. You know, I, I think the reason that um, so many of us don't understand we we haven't come we're a little late to the party on the Woody Guthrie songs and all of that. It was just all presented as patriotic to us in school. Yeah. I mean, how many of us saying this land is your land in school, and it was like. Well, yeah, that's just super patriotic, and that's just a great song. How many of us go to the 4th of July fireworks display? We see the fireworks blasting, exploding in in the air, and uh, we hear Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. We're like, yeah, I'm born in the USA. And then you get filled with patriotic pride, and then you find out that Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA is anti-American. Born down in a dead man's town. The first kick I took is when I hit the ground. You end up like a dog that's been beat too much. So you spend half your life just covering up. Born in the USA. I got in a little hometown jam. And so they put a rifle in my hands. Sent me off to Vietnam. Go kill the yellow man. Born in the USA. Come back home to the refinery. Hiring man says, son, if it were up to me. I go down to see the VA man. He said, son, you don't understand. Born in the USA. I had a buddy at Kayshan fighting off the Viet Cong. They're still there. He's all gone. He had a little girl in Saigon. I got a picture of him in her arms. Down in the shadow of the penitentiary, out by the gas fires of the refinery. I'm ten years down the road, nowhere to run, ain't got nowhere to go. I'm a long-gone daddy in the USA, born in the USA. I'm a cool rockin' daddy in the USA, born in the USA. Hmm. Yeah! Where are the fireworks, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's what it's all about. That's what America's about, according to Bruce Springsteen. See, here's the thing that I don't think people understand yet. I think you do. That it is time for us to wake wake up out of our um, dream state. Wake up out of the propaganda, the... You know, this is a thing that um, people who've come from the Soviet bloc or Cuba, they're all saying, how do you guys not hear this? How are you not seeing this? Well, because we don't ever expect it. All right. um, I'm not from Cuba or Russia, and I wanted to know, how do you not hear that, Glenn Beck? (laughs) How did you not uh, see that? And what makes you wait 25 years to finally pay attention to the lyrics. And at the other side, what about what Springsteen said is anti-American? To tell that story in a pro-vet sort of way. Yeah. 
I mean, if anything, he wasn't saying, fuck the vets. He was saying, look, those Vietnam vets went through a ton of shit doing everything that was asked of them. And we're, we've given them nothing. To, uh, yeah. Big government, who you normally fight against, <laughs> has given them... He still them, get it. Yeah. He still doesn't fuck <laughs> out the woods. Even after his dramatic reading. So that's what he thinks of the VA. Born in the USA, I'm a long-gone daddy in the USA. <laughs> Thanks for the dramatic reading, but yeah, you're still fucking missing it. Someone should put that pulp uh, bed song underneath him, yeah. and he'd basically be doing the Shatner song. Now, again, how do you not know that Woody Guthrie was not fucking pro-union? Yeah, I mean, that's crazy. Uh, was not pro the fucking working man, and against people like Rockefeller and the big fucking industrial. He had, he had still fascists written on his guitar. This, this. What is it? This guitar kills fascists? This guitar kills... What does it say? I think, it says, I think this machine kills fascists. This machine, this machine kills fascists. Kills fascists. <laughs> He's just fucking... <laughs> talk about the fucking first punk rocker ever. <laughs> right. Woody fucking Guthrie. This machine kills fascists. Yeah. It, I mean, it's absurd that he didn't get Bruce Springsteen. And talk about a guy who sounds like that out-of-touch teacher. Yeah, and here's the thing about Glenn Beck. This Came out of fucking Top 40 Radio. Was a zoo guy. Yeah. Playing hits. And, like, the whole thought of lyrics still lost on him. <laughs> Very current, though. Born in the USA, Born. 1985. <laughs> it's time we wake up, ladies and gentlemen. Get out of this dream state we've been in in the last 25 that years. That was my favorite part. Like, we're in the fucking Matrix. No, actually, <laughs> some of us get Bruce's song right. from a quarter of a century ago. And fucking Springsteen was fucking telling you then. Right. Stop fucking acting like this is a but fun But Beck should have even known that because, remember, you know, Reagan tried to use it and Bruce said no. I do remember oh. that. Reagan yeah. uh, was out to use that and Bruce was like, I don't want you fucking using this song. <laughs> You're who I'm against. You think he would be familiar with Republican politics is my, was my point. Luckily... Um, all of those people were in a dream state. They voted for Reagan. We've got to wake up, folks. He has so much. That guy from Network. Like well, I, I, he must have seen that movie. He's so fucking great and just the wackiest fucking state like that too. Because he was the guy that when he was doing his tattered sweater fucking bit <laughs> oh, yeah. and was doing the. It was a time of innocence. It was a time... It was 1969, and we were an innocent country. <laughs> we had just buried two Kennedys and a Martin Luther King. You have Purple Haze and Vietnam helicopters in the background. Manson uh, was chopping us up, and we loved it. Yeah, great. Could fucking dying on Haight-Ashbury. But it was innocent, though, back then. Jesus Christ. He really is a child. Like, I remember when I used to think that the 80s was all innocent and happy when I was like 17, and my brother sat me down and said, what are you, what are you fucking talking about? Just because girls just want to have fun was a hit song doesn't mean the decade of the 80s was happy. We were never fucking innocent. <laughs> never. There was a lot of Danglo then. There yep. was never a time in the history of the world where the world was innocent. <laughs> Ever. Maybe like 1780? 
Was that called Deglo then or Deglo in the 60s? What was the Deglo? Deglo was uh, fluorescent colors. I thought it was 80s. I thought, uh, I guess those br there were bright colors in the in the 60s, but I thought Dago was, oh, Dago, not Dago, that's <laughs> Mafia Life Chris. Dago was more of Ken Kesey um, and the hippies. I don't know. I know Cindy Lauper liked the Dago, right. who's now on The Apprentice. But I always thought, like, the black lights and all that. Oh, yeah. The 60s. But I guess they're both considered Dago. If it's bright, it's Dago for some reason. If it's bright, you know it's Diglo. <laughs> Born in the USA. We've got to wake up, ladies and gentlemen. On the 4th of July. The song's everywhere. He won't look at fireworks again. And he says it keeps happening to us because we just don't expect it. This guy, he's from Philly, right? I don't know where he's from. I thought he was from Philly, and maybe he's thinking like he's very Philly and Jersey centric. Because I, does the rest of the country play Born in the USA? On yeah, but Born in the USA is a uh, is a gigantic fucking hit. I guess. Uh, and it is perfect for you know blowing shit up, and you know <laughs> what I mean. It is a great song for that. Uh, Steven, you're on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're confused with the day glow stuff. It was a hyper color in the '80s. That uh, those shows, those shirts you'd blow on and they change colors. Bezzy, you remember that? You blow on it. I never heard of hyper color. I don't remember these uh, these blow on shirts. Oh, uh, here's Shane in Philly. Hey guys, just heard that uh, Glenn Beck realized that Rage Against the Machine was anti-government, <laughs> and he just never expected. People that we adore, Rage Against the Machine. That Sleep. you play. Sleep now in the fire? I thought it was about a camping trip. But it was presented that way. Marshmallows. Take a break. I gotta wake up. I'm my dream state. Get out of your dream state. Right back in a couple of moments. Let me finish up.
can do it! Toga! Listen to What'd you do? <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out, kid. I am serious. And don't call me silly. There's no flying in baseball! Oh. Boy, the meatloaf! Not a tumor. Price is long, bitch. and you're trying to seduce me. Nobody could stay in the corner. You said me at hello. I'll have what you have. Love me, never having to say you're sorry. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I wish I knew how to quit you. You know how to whistle me. Snap out of it. You make me want to be a better man. Me, for lack of a better word, is good. Now, funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. Houston, we have a problem. I'm a Bark all day, green doggy. I love the smell of my pump in the morning. Life was like a box of chocolate. What we've got here is failure to communicate. I could have been a contender. I'm gonna make him an offer, Gamble. You talking to me? Who are you? You wanna see the most beautiful thing I've ever done? The greatest trick. The devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. About shaking on stuff.
It's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, I'm going to pull back the uh, thing here just to tell a conversation Fez and I were having. So we were uh, talking about Unmasked, and uh, I think we're doing another one next week, right? Yeah. Is there no one running this week, or is that already we all cut up? We're all cut up. All right. So uh, we're doing another one next week. So I was saying to Fez, we're about 30-some hours, 30-some different um, comics into this. And I go, you know, the really cool stuff to me is that when we get some of the older guys that, uh, you know, may not necessarily uh, be as big of uh, a draw, but I want them on record. You know what I mean? Like, it's always great to have them. So the other day I had a conversation with Fez about that, and Fez was agreeing with me, and he goes, like, who are you talking about? And I brought up uh, a couple of names, and I go, you know, guys that used to work uh, the mountains and all that, you know, real Pat Cooper types. So then today, uh, of course, um, Pat Cooper was on ONA show, and... Uh, I thought, oh, that's really ironic. We just talked about you know him the other day. So I said, Pat Cooper was in. I go, did you get a lead to see if maybe he'd be interested in doing Unmasked sometime in the future? And Fez says, no, I didn't think you want him. And I go, uh, but we just had that conversation. He goes, yeah. I go, why did you think I didn't want him? I, he said, because you said you wanted real Pat Cooper types on the show. So how did you not think Pat Cooper was a Pat Cooper type? I took it as not Pat Cooper, but someone like Pat Cooper, like from that Pat Cooper's but, era. But why would you have that have been, if I was using him as the absolute type, that would be great to have. Why did you think Pat Cooper was not a Pat Cooper type? Because, uh, I don't know, it was just that it wasn't Pat Cooper by itself. I just so took it I as... So I should have just said Pat Cooper. Not a Pat Cooper type. I was saying Pat Cooper w was like the definitive version of what I was talking about. And I totally misunderstood. Like, so if I said we need to get more comedians, uh, female comedians on the show, Joan Rivers types, you would think that meant every other woman but Joan Rivers. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's exactly how I took it. Okay. Like I would think the other way would be... Joan Rivers and people like her. So that's the, so the word types was not the. That's that's where I I didn't get it. That's where I misunderstood. Hmm. All right. May I interject with a little story? Michael Mann said for the, when he was casting Heat, I'd like a De Niro type and a Pacino type for these two roles. Mm -hmm. And his casting director said we can get De Niro and Pacino. So Michael Mann said, yeah, that's what I meant by that type. <laughs> You're thinking of that person being the definitive, <laughs> right. and if not, someone similar to them. <laughs> and I think Ron was saying, like, anyone, but yeah, but that person obviously would be the main guy, like, 
And then all the types. I guess most, the types. most of these people are going to die of old age while we sit and talk about language. <laughs> Thank God I didn't uh, bump up against Pat Cooper today. Looking more for his type than him. I like the Bob Newhart type unmasked, though. Mm. Well, that's what I meant by it, by guys that, yeah. you know, God forbid, that, that story isn't going to be able to be told forever. Right. You know? I know that's not as flashy to the people over at Raw Dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know that they'd rather be somebody that's always appealing to 22-year-old boys, but, uh, you know, some of those stories need to be told because you're not going to be able to get them again after that. All right, the uh, Ron and Fez show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Let's hear a little bit from Fezzy today. New obsession I have, this Toyota. Hating Dave? Well, that's, I think that's an old one. You really hate Dave? Yeah, I don't like Dave. Yeah. <laughs> but he doesn't down. like me either. He's so, why are you saying that? Because I just said, I said I was very hurt, and right now I don't like you because of, how you crushed my sports dream. Because Rob Cross now thinks that the sports dream was a fiasco because you shat on it so hard. So that that, that ruined. I didn't think I shat on it all that hard. You absolutely did. It was unprepared, stupid, uh, New York-centric. What's the new obsession? <laughs> Toyotas and the recall. <laughs> Where it's, I, first of all, I don't understand anyone who can still get behind the wheel of a Toyota and not be in a panic thinking that they are going to just take off like a wild bull in a rodeo. There's how many Toyotas out there? Um, I think, I don't know, there's tens of millions. And how many of these accidents have we had happen? I think they've had about nine or twelve. All right, so odds are pretty good. Yeah, but enough to have a national recall. Right. And have everything go in there. And then my other part of it is just watching Toyotas on the street. And just keeping an eye on them in case they decide to lunge forward. And all of a sudden that they're taking off and headed over the sidewalk at me. Wait, but what exactly is a lunge forward? I'm lunge. fucking starving. Lunge forward. There's some brownies in the producer's booth. Who made them? We don't know. We're just eating them. They no. found them. <laughs> These are fucking hatch brownies. <laughs> High as fuck. Who made the brownies? No clue. We really, we don't, really know. don't know. We just found them and we're eating them. Like wolves, so proud. <laughs> Would a wolf eat a brownie if it found it? They're, uh, yeah, they're they're scavengers. Why wouldn't they? They're hunters and brownie. <laughs> that chocolate was poison for dogs. I have a Honda. I want to get in on this like Toyota shit. Like I figure it's a Japanese car. Can I get some bucks out of this? Well, they said now there might be some problems with some Fords and sticky accelerators. The accelerator seems like something that had gotten worked out a long time ago with cars. You push the accelerator, the car goes, cars you let up. Though. Cars are though. Cars are powered now. So all that shit with power steering, power windows, power accelerator, they're, the cars are totally are made totally different than they were, like, you know, obviously in the 50s, 60s. But it's still just an accelerator that goes down to the floor and then back up again. I mean, it's just simple mechanics. It's it's the sticking. It's not like, you know, the accelerator is just going without anyone pushing it. No, it it is accelerating without people pushing it. That's how people are dying. 
No, it's getting stuck is what's happening. No, 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 no. There, there's people who are driving their cars, and the cars accelerate, and the people take their feet off the gas, and the cars keep going and crashing into buildings. But the brakes aren't working because the accelerator's down. The accelerator's still accelerating, so the brake... I don't think that's how the brake, it's working. It's not working because the car's still going. Uh, Paul, New Jersey. Hey, Susie, is it just Toyotas that scare you or Toyota-type cars as well? I would say it's Toyota cars. Yeah, well, I'm just keeping an eye on them to see what in the world would happen if this thing just took off where they are. Was that your phone buzzing, Dev? Yes, it was. Um, it's, uh, oh, you sent me something. Okay, I'll forward that to Hickory. Uh, you can do it from over here. Switch place. Okay. It's fuzzy. Who you got on the phones today, Hicks? Because I got a full phones and nobody fucking moving. Paulie is uh, on the phones. I'm jumping on him. What happened with Paulie? I had such big fucking high hopes for him here. Is he really? All right, somebody um, sent something about Fez discrediting, I guess, your paper bag thing, Fez. Okay. Um, the paper bag bit was the bit that you stole from Opie. And uh, so he said, this is from, what's the uh, date on it? Uh, let me see. This is from uh, January, February, March, April, April 11th, 2007. April 11th, 2007. April 11th, 2007. April 11th, 2007. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just going to say that. Uh, Joe, you're on a Fez. Yeah, I just wanted to know how Fez wrapped his textbooks in school and what he carried his lunch in. Well, yeah, what, uh, I think he used, what did you use, a lunchbox? I had a lunchbox, yeah. You don't want it, um, you carried a lunchbox in my school? Mm -hmm. I, I'd say if the th you got to do it for first and second grade. You carried one to third grade, the other kids would take the lunchbox off you and beat you with it. It just, you did not want it to stick out. You had to carry a nice brown paper bag. Ah! Wouldn't be able to do it. Couldn't get it to school. It feels just awful. Oh, Fez. There it is again. Fez. There it is again. Now, just because I don't like the feel of a brown paper bag doesn't mean oh, I didn't carry one. Oh, you said you, you couldn't, said do you couldn't do it. couldn't do it. Let's oh, play it they're, back. They're going for straws there. Brown paper bag. Oh, wouldn't be able to do it. Couldn't get it to school. It feels just... Here's Pacey here on the Fez. Couldn't do uh, it. Couldn't get to school. That was sent to us by Raring VT. Uh, Jim, Canada, you're on the Fez. Hey, I was just wondering, Fez, you know, I was going to try to explain how those uh, accelerators work. You know what a carpenter's level is? The, the little bubble inside the, the glass? Okay. Okay. Well... The accelerators now sort of work on the same principles. They, you push the accelerator down, and the electronics uh, sense that that bubble is going down, so the car speeds up. It's not like the old cars where there was a physical connection between right. the accelerator and the carburetor. It's all computerized now. So it, it's something in that electronic part that's screwing up, if that makes sense. It makes sense, yeah. That's what I'm trying to explain to him. See, Fez, is, Fez is thinking it's like 
Blues Brothers. Let's go, guys. Thanks. Where the guy's... Right. Blues Brothers, where the guy's foot is on... No, it's not. It's, it's the accelerator working on its own. PC, RonFez.net. Hey, uh, Fezzi, are you saying that Toyotas are like Cyberdyne Industries trying to kill all humans here? No, I'm not saying that at all. Nope. I'm saying that the accelerators accelerate and they can't stop the car. I don't think it's a plot to take over the humans. Because they need the humans to drive them. John Edwards' girlfriend, uh, I think her name is Real Hunter. She's talking about her uh, affair with John Edwards, and it's coming out in GQ magazine. She's giving out some details, but now she says she is repulsed by the photos that they ra that ran with, with the article in GQ magazine. So a lot of these are where she's just wearing a men's dress shirt and no pants. Now, she posed for these pictures to go along with the article. I don't know how you get, I never understand how you can get upset that they ran the photos that you posed for to go along with the thing. Because the photographers break you down. A photographer brings you in for six fucking hours. And for five and a half hours, you're just taking boring pictures. And then everybody's all close and he's like, let's have some fun. Let's just do some stuff for us. Let's get you with this rubber chicken and your dick in it. It fucking happens to everybody I've ever known in my life. And the last picture you take, the stupid, we're almost done picture, is the one that shows up in the fucking magazine. Every fucking time. Dave, you're going to have to watch out for this when you become the host of the greatest show in the universe of Thank universes. You. Thank you. I will. I'm going to... I'm going to keep the paparazzi at bay, is my strategy. It's not paparazzi. It's actual people, like Mike Cockatypes. The Mike Cockatypes. Okay. Yeah, I noticed he was getting a little fresh with my wife when we took uh, photos for my wedding a couple years, three years ago. All of a sudden, there's, put your hand in your finger. What did he say? His stuff, his stuff. Put or, your hand in your finger? <laughs> put your finger in your mouth. And she was doing these type of shots, and... And they, that came along a little later on? Yeah. Now, Fez, when Late you hear something like that, um, by the way, Mike Hocka, as a high-fashion photographer, was almost a hypnotist. I mean, he had that kind of power over yeah. fucking women. I was there. Um, I saw it. You actually got a little jealous? Yes, well, 100%. I did not like what was going on hmm. whatsoever. Uh, just a lot of posing. Then he would take me out of the photo he would say no Dave don't hug her like this you know she's your Bella and he'd do this like Italian gimmick or something why he's not Italian I know but he would do that and he would say Dave here you get behind the camera I'll pose with your wife this is what you should be doing and I felt the hands were a little close to the breast there was some cupping it looked like Sweeping. and he was nah, you know, like hey this is all fun right Dad, you know Mike uh, long before then yeah, I had, but that didn't make it cool. Everything up to that point was cool, though. I'm saying with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, there was one incident at the Rockahoolaloo hour. Um, I thought my wife and him were taking two sexy pictures. There was... Again, with the photography. Yeah. See, that's what you don't get, does. Yeah. These fucking photographers are like masters. Yeah. All right, here's the picture that they, that she took of her next to dolls in a men's uh, fucking shirt. It's not anything wrong with the picture, but you might not want to have yourself presented to the world that way. And again, what you're not getting, Fez, 
that's one of probably 8,000 pictures that she took. One of 8,000. Yeah. And the photographer knows in his head, that's the one I'm going to get. That's everything else that I'm doing for the next five hours right. is just to wear you down. And then when I get you where I want you, boom. Think of it like the, and we've talked about this before, the nice guy friend, the girls, who will be there when they have the flu, help their mom fucking move the refrigerator, do all these things just to eventually get you. Yeah. That's it. The Franklins of the world are just looking for some kind of in. And and it happens. <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't be doing it if they weren't at least 60, 70% successful. My friends had opened up this new club, and they were booking stuff all up and down the fucking uh, eastern seaboard. They were doing very, very well for themselves in the uh, promotions game and the comedy game at that time. So some, one of these fucking timeout magazines, one, a small magazine was taking pictures of them. And, you know, hey, here's three local guys who made good. Did the same thing. Tons of fucking pictures. For some reason, at the end of this, he puts tiny little fucking cowboy hats and has them with cat guns. <laughs> and they had just fucking broken down like, I don't give a fuck. Hey! They're just acting fucking silly. This shot has fucking followed them for over a fucking decade and a half. And everyone still bust their balls about it to this day. And they're like, we don't know why. We fucking did it. I told the asshole I didn't want to do it. He said it's just fun shots for us. And I was even saying, I go, why would you want fun shots with another man? What are you fucking doing? I really want to see those photos. I mean, I know when I did a Twitio of a naked Silence of the Lambs dance, Yes, I knew it was going to be repulsive because I knew I was naked. I mean, it didn't come to a shock to me later on. Um, you see yourself as not being normal, though. Most people wouldn't. It would take them days to get them to do that. Mm -hmm. You take a fez to do that. If it's something that's not good for you, you are willing to do it. If it's something good for you, you won't. You'll drag your feet. Uh, here's something about good for you. It's uh, Sony Pictures. Did a survey. Uh, Are you going into a live read? No. Okay. You had me weirded out. Here's something that's good for you. You normally only segue into a live read. Oh. It was a. Give me the segue. Well, here's something that's good for you. Sony mm. Pictures did a survey of moviegoers. All right. Let's see. Survey says. <laughs> and two thirds, 66%, said that they would eat healthy snacks at the movies, like. Fruit cups and vegetables with uh, with dressing to dip them in if they were offered at the movie theaters. Well, first of all, I wish that you would have let us did the guess the percentages. Um, 66%. Yeah, I would have went lower. But I will say this. People might say that in a survey. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's true. All you have to do, though, is take the candy out. That's the only thing you have to worry about. Then they don't make any money, though. I mean, how much... What does they just have the other stuff for you have carried, I, There's no way that people are going to buy that type of shit. And not, movie theaters are essentially a candy store. But you've got... Um, but I've stopped myself from eating candy at the movie theaters. I always used to have 
popcorn and M&M peanuts. And in the past years, I said, I'm done with the M&M peanuts. Oh, man. They're so good. Lemon sweet tarts are my favorite kind of... Fuck sweet tarts. They're Fuck crazy. junky. What's wrong with him? Why get fucking angry with him? No, he has his own fucking taste test. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Just joking. No, you're not. But um, yeah, at this point, it doesn't work. But over time, it's going to work. This whole thing, you can see it going down just like the quitting smoking thing. You can see yeah. it happening. Every, everything has to be better for you. Yeah, the fucking salt thing. We're going to have video games that you're going to see no bloodshed. It's I guarantee that you are going to see, and I don't know if it'll happen in 10 years or 20 years, but a future of healthy snacks at the fucking movie theater. Uh, and things like that are just the opening fucking things of people bringing it up. I'll buy mine at 7-Eleven then. Fuck it. 7-Eleven, if you want to buy anything from them, it'll be a fresh yogurt. <laughs> and maybe lettuce fucking What? Head. They're getting rid of Slurpees and candy? Yeah. It'll be a no-calories Slurpee. Just water. Like a Coke Zero. In like 10 years, it'll... I don't think a Coke Zero is as healthy as you think it is, Fez. <laughs> the NFL will be too in touch by 2017, if we're going at this rate. It's fucking... It's... Uh, oh, you're also going to see that as well. You are also going to see some major fucking rules. Change of football, guaranteed. Yeah. The head injury stuff is just too scary to people. Yeah. Watching the WWE last night, one of the wrestlers uh, started bleeding the hard way, got kicked, start, blood starts running down the bridge of his nose. It was a completely different thing. Instead of like, oh, zooming in on it like they used to, yeah. and, you know, using it as the fact of, you know, trying to act like wrestling is real, and these guys really get hurt. Didn't you just tell us this about a month or two ago where they stopped the pay-per-view? They stopped the pay-per-view for blood? Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, you were telling us that on the air. Um, I caught a little bit of the, is it TNA? Yeah, that's the... Uh... I caught a little bit of that last night. And the uh, even their announcer is the old guy from the WWE. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't think of his name the now. The human suplex machine. Taz, yep. Yeah. Oh, I love Taz. Taz is doing the color commentary. That's on Spike. I'm a big Taz fan. And they, Stone Cold, uh, Steve Austin came back last night, and... They were bleeping him, dumping out any time he said ass. Well, everything is just where... Eventually he'll swing back, you have to believe Well, I, I just saw the thing with his uh, wife on TV, though, the other day. They, they ran a regular ad about her. Uh, I guess she's running for the Connecticut fucking Senate or something. Yep. And they had the daughter on with her. And it, would she be going to Washington if she wins this? Yeah, yeah, that's U.S. Senate. That's, yeah, she's so that's what this is all about. She does not want to be caught up in this uh, crappy fucking history of the WWE. It's too late. We all know it? who you are, Linda. And well, what, wait. What a lot of the bad stuff that happened, she was in a coma for. <laughs> or in that fucking wheelchair. That might have been. She was a, in a catatonic, drooling state. Well, you're saying, Fez, that this should go on, you know, the way it used to. But you were one of the people that felt bad about all the wrestlers that have died over the years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you can't have it both ways. You can't have ultra-violence and uh, make sure these guys live. What are you wearing on your hat there? What's it say now? Uh, I wrote something. Oh, it said I love suck. I used to say I love sucks and fucks, but mm. it, the headphones blurred it out. Yeah, I can't understand it. I so apologize. I heart sucks and fucks. I apologize about that. The, the, it should never be wiped out, but the headphones do that sometimes. 
Have you showered yet, Dave? No. No, my wife is furious at me. Furious, but whatever. I'm in this too to win now. If I fucking am, am ready to almost so blow an audition. You're in it to win it, yeah. much like the new uh, game show. No, Which, thought, have you seen that yet, In It to Win It? I saw a little bit of that show. I think it was Sunday night. Before the I've, I've got a uh, a new nickname for it, and I just call it Millionaire for Retards. <laughs> and it's basically, if following Millionaire is too hard for you, you need In It to Win It. I wish I was a part of it. I, I saw the commercials. Where's the little redheaded girl today? She's here. She's out on an errand for oh, me. What is she errand? getting? Um, something to get signed uh, by uh, someone coming into the building. Who's coming in the building? Jackson Brown. Why can't Why can't we have Jackson? Because Brown? where he's going was uh is was personally by was, he's doing a favor for another guy in his place. And well, first of all, let's get fucking two things straight. Number one, I want to see Jackson Brown. Okay. Number two, who's this other guy who gets all the Jackson Brown favors? Dave Marsh. Who is it? Dave Marsh. I want to fucking see Dave Marsh. That's where the fuck I am. <laughs> You've ever read any of his stuff? No. Uh, read, wrote for Rolling Stone for many many years. Wrote a lot of rock books. Oh, then I probably did read it. The name escaped me. Yeah, to look over and see Dave Marsh and Jackson Brown sitting together is fucking exciting. Where are they at? Uh, it looks like it's going down from two to three. I'm finding out where from Liam. William Gallagher of Oasis. He's here too. <laughs> His brother isn't here, is he? There's usually problems. No, he's in promotions, I think. All right, he wrote the. <laughs> here's what Dave Marsh wrote the, the Bruce Springsteen book. Two Hearts, the story. Oh, okay. Uh, I, did, Dave, I, I read that. Dave Marsh wrote the Rock Book of Bliss. That was just the thing. Fortunate Son, Dave Marsh. Um, so, yeah, and then he's written a ton of stuff for Rolling Stuff. I read the Springsteen book for sure. I knew the name sounded familiar. The Heart of Rock and Soul, the 1,001 greatest singles ever made. Huh. Got no kids of our own. Dave Marsh, living the life to fucking Dave always wanted for himself. Rock writer. <laughs> you always wanted to make it as a writer, huh? Now, now you don't even Twitter that well. That would be... What, what do you mean I don't Twitter that well? I haven't... Oh, by the way, somebody... I don't know, a listener sent this to me last night. Uh, proof positive that Dave will never, ever be the father of a WNBA star. Your daughter can't hit a fucking layup from six inches away. <laughs> well, she did miss the shot. The um, worst I've ever seen. Close to the basket. It was the first time playing hoops. I, uh, you know, I, I, listen, I mean, she's got to train. She's she gotta know. can't get, no. Don't, can I tell you something? Put her in the poetry class like her old man. She <laughs> cannot play the game. That's a ridiculous comment. Right. Turn up the sound on this. Alright, there she is, right in front of the basket that's right there in front of her nose. There it is, right above. Oh, oh, it shoots away. Misses from an inch. That was like Charles Smith. Oh, look at that lame shot. She was passing. She's an assist. She's a Jason kid. Why, she doesn't shoot because she's scared to shoot when she had the open shot. Look at the old timer though, hitting his Chris Mullen jump shot. Yeah, you're great 12 inches away. 
I'm still trying to use form from that fucking point of view. Well, you're going to shoot. You shoot properly. Now she even stopped paying attention to the game. She likes that horse and turkey. See, that counted. She got her own language, huh? Great reflex. That counts for anything. Yeah, there she is with a poetry book. <laughs> Where are you going? You're not clear. <laughs> scared her. Yeah, she's in between being happy and petrified of her dad. <laughs> He's running in circles. Put it in the basket, chief. Put it in the basket, chief. Put it in the basket. She calls it Abu. Yeah. Like she thinks she's having fun. Where does she want to go? Where's that door? In the kitchen. I say. I don't want to get herself some grease. I was making myself a sandwich. I didn't. I I didn't need to deal with it. This is proof, by the way, that she's walking 100% of the time. She's fantastic. She's going. She's running. She's got full balance. Yeah. Crawls are Trying to get out the door. Yeah, they, they say I'm encouraging kind of crazy behavior by yelling, but I can't help it. Who said that? Um, my wife and then one of the people who says, uh, you know, who comes around just to help out and give us tips on how to handle the kids financially and shit. They go, he probably shouldn't be yelling at them. Well, yeah, I don't fuck that person. They don't know what they're talking about. Why don't you scream at them in front of the kids? <laughs> I'll fucking kill you! <laughs> well, the, the problem was she had made two shots, to be honest with you. Bullshit. No, she did, but she she made them, and then I told my wife, get the, get the camera. And yeah. once she got the camera, Julianne oh. always just throws me a curveball Let me every guess, fucking did time. Did she fucking dunk over Bigfoot? Because that's about how much I'm going to believe this story. <laughs> it's true. All right, I'm not Fez backing you up 100% in everything that you said. <laughs> I need to see the proof. I know. I tried to get I you already the proof. Look, I went through this. Uh, Kathleen from the Bronx claims that she saw a woman who looked exactly like Kevin Costner. <laughs> I call that bullshit. I don't fall along from her fucking story. I, I, I tried to get it on film, but then she had a bad... Girls on film. Did you see that 30 for 30 Reggie Miller versus the Knicks? Mm -mm. Great shit. Just a, one of the better ones. I strongly advise people to see it. All right. It's a good people. one. I think they've had some weak ones, and then they've had some great ones. How was the Magic versus Bird thing? Did you like that? Not you know, as much? To be honest with you, be honest. I knew every single thing. Right. I knew every detail. I knew Bird's dad killed himself, right. had a drinking problem, killed himself. By the way, killed himself right before Bird came in all that money. Yeah, I, exactly. Just he, hold on, he, and everything's great. He had let his family down. Just Yeah. Isn't um, life funny that way? Yeah. Um, I knew that magic got AIDS. I knew that. No, you never did get AIDS. You got HIV. You you're never right. had the AIDS. HIV. Um, I you, knew it. You're I the understand. same reason Fez lost his friend. Mm -hmm. Had the big chill with his friend. <laughs> I'm not saying it's bad. It's a pleasant watch. Oh, AIDS is bad. No, I'm saying it Larry is. versus Magic is, is a pleasant watch, but it's not. Uh, HBO's done better stuff. All right, I got in this uh, conversation with a buddy the other day. Dave. Let's say a chick is into you, and this is love, right? Would she, Would you rather that she kind of fell in love with you, like, as soon as she met you, like, this fucking guy is so great, 
he's the one, or slowly but surely as she gets to know you while you're wooing her. Slowly but surely. Really? Yes. Um, because that would make it last. That would make it long lasting, rather than the the quick. The, the first thing right now is, is also will end quicker than the other. Wow. All right, good call. That's what my friend said the same exact thing. But I always thought that the, you know, the full tilt of it, you know what I mean, gives you that feeling of, oh, she's into me. It does. So your thing is slow but sure. How did your chick mm -hmm. fall for you? Um, she did fall, I believe, quickly. Mm. I'd have to ask her about that. Well, no, she didn't. She, she said she used to hate me, as everyone does. Um, I make terrible first impressions. What did she hate about you? You were allowed the first time? No, I mean like on the air and stuff. She mm -hmm. was not a fan, and then, and then she came He's around. The best in those days. Yeah, and then she came around. Was like, wow, this guy. You know, he's kind of funny. He's really grown on me. Then we met a couple times, and then pretty soon it was like, okay, I really, really am into him. Um, and I was like, that's right, baby. Sucks and fucks. All right, uh, Dave Bang, run a fez. Hey guys, uh, I've had both the, because I had a lot of money when I was a teenager and I was stupid with it, so I had the, the easy come girl. What, where'd you get the and, money? Uh, just working, working for family, come real easy, you know? Mm -hmm. um, when I, you know, grew up a little bit and started to save it and didn't flash it around as much, I had a girl that I had to work for and, and I'm engaged to her now and it, it's, it's great, I, it's really nice. Now are you saying that just because you need to back it up this way? Uh, no, I mean, just because it doesn't happen in a certain way doesn't mean that that wouldn't be your fantasy as well. All right, thanks, uh, Dave. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. The question is this. For a chick to be into you, do you prefer it? Boom. She sees you, sees how you are, either digs the way you look, to digs the way you act, into a big time, or... Slowly but surely, you keep chipping away at it until finally she said, this is the guy. Uh, Mr. Easy Come, Easy Go, Eastside Dave shocks me today with saying, give him the slow start. I like that. And there's a couple of girls that I sort of wish that had happened. Uh -huh. I mean, not now anymore, but back in the day. I thought, I'm putting in this time and I'm going to slowly but surely win them over. And had I won them over, I would have been very excited. It just didn't work that way. No. They they knew you too well. All right, let's go to our own Pepper Hicks. Pepper Hicks. Um, and if you want to get in on this, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Dave has shocked me with it. But let's go with Pepper Hicks now. Pepper. I am with Dave and say going slow. Wow! Fast seems artificial and like it won't last very long. Yeah. It seems ingenuine, almost. That's and what I said. Yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, Pepper, once again, copies off of Dave. I know. Dave is the... No, that's... A... I'm actually kind of surprised that you guys are a little... Um... Uh, I want to say, I don't want to just say conservative, because that would be kind of insulting, but you're a little uh, old-fashioned. Well, it, when you hit someone, hit, hit off with someone, I think 
so many times, then you don't get that process. You learn shit about them. Right. We were actually talking about friends that, you know, make, you know, rude comments, and then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, what the hell? It it's a happen. big chill moment. Exactly. It can happen with a chick, too. You're like, damn. Fez was friends with a guy for 10 years. Guy actually brought up an AIDS thing um, and said, uh, I gave you AIDS. And Fez stopped his uh, friendship with him. That's what he said? Yeah. He gave Fez AIDS? Or something, I don't know. Fez Watley, uh, I'm going to come to you next, but here is Murray. Murray, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, buddies? Yeah. I'm going to kind of go in the middle. If you go too slow, and I'm going to lose interest when you finally come around, but if you go too fast, I'm with Dave and those guys, and it, it, it might seem a little ingenuine and, and fizzle out way too fast. So you can have a long courtship, but at the same time, you're not going to trust any world, girl who immediately says that she's into you. Yeah, it's not going to come around that fast. But trust me, if you, I've had girlfriends that have gone too slow, and, and I've just been all about them. And by the time they come around, I'm like, well, fuck it. And, you know, I'm done, and you know, this is just too freaking slow for me, and you wasted you know, you actually, time. You actually get a little resentful. Almost, yeah. Yeah, you're a little angry. I'm all about the chase. I'm about the chase, but don't make me chase too hard. <laughs> all right, so you want there to be a chase, but not too difficult. Just around the block. Of a chase. Um, by the way, Fezzy, people are complaining about your mic level. Uh, this got sent by Shower Bench. Baby Dave as a WNBA star, which is nice. He's calling his daughter Baby Day and saying she has the abonics down anyway. Oh, oh. Says Watley. And you're still waiting. Yes, I am. For the nondescriptive Mr. or Mrs. Wright. The fantasy for you is it happened fast and heavy or slow and easy, taking time, getting to know. Give me the instantaneous head over heels happens fast. How come? Because I think what it would t I think that's how I operate. Mm -hmm. So it would be nice to, if those two things matched up, where I go head over heels fairly easily, mm -hmm. and then also the courting process. Not real sure about all of that. So if it was head over heels, that might uh, help me help me through the first uh, moments. That can be sometimes but, the best part. The courting part? Sure. Yeah. The long, slow seduction is incredible. Right. Very exciting. That is the incredible. And you finally get them like a fish, like an idiot fish with tits. <laughs> but the really dumb fish. <laughs> that was the stupidest thing you've ever fucking said. Uh, the idiot fish with tits. But also what they're saying, Fez, is... Um, you know, quick in, quick out, then what the hell was that for anyway? Mm -hmm. We're not talking about, you know, getting laid fast. We're talking about the real deal. Yeah. The real deal. Fast is it's going to end very soon. But that love at first sight thing seems fantastic as well. i got to agree there, too. He's right about that. Where you're just enraptured by somebody you saw across the room... Then if All right, but a... here's the thing. Let's say it's love at first sight, right, Fez? Mm -hmm. What the hell are you falling in love with? A physical thing? Yes. I mean, what is it? If you say, 
love at first sight, what is it exactly that you could claim you're in love with? I think there's probably it's probably physical, but also as well it's how they're carrying themselves. You know that the 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 self that they're putting out in the room, where I think you're making a connection there. Yeah, but maybe the energy they're putting out in the room. But are any of those things real in terms of you know long term? Some energy somebody's putting out in the room that's going to get you through thirty, forty years. You know what I'm saying here? Yes. Like, it's what the hell is this thing? Also, to me, it does sound a little bit like lust right. rather than love. Then you might as well fall in love with a swimsuit model. Yeah. You know? I have love at first sight for all those girls, for many of the girls on in my pornographic films so I had. So is there even a fucking thing as love at first sight? No. Or is it simply and only lust? That's it. And what Fez hopes to one day get to, that's all you'll have. There can't be any love. There can only be animal disgusting lust. Um, here is Matt. Matt, can I get your amount of fez? Okay, here, Ron. Uh, maybe fez wants the uh, intimacy so fast because otherwise they'll just start thinking about things and worrying and then nothing will ever happen. Well, I think I would worry through a long courtship. You know, am I doing all the things right along this way? Oh, I'll give you that. No. I'll give you that answer right now. You're definitely not. Um, Mike. Mike, North Carolina, you're on the fence. Yeah, I think that there has to be, I kind of of agree with Ted a little bit. There has to be that instant, you know, hey, I'm really into this person, you know, maybe a physical attraction at first. But then you kind of got to get the dough, you know, so it's a little bit of both, really. All right, I'm going to agree with that, but haven't you ever had that Sabrina thing take place where that really great person was around for a while and you just never yeah. saw her in the right light? You know what I mean? You Definitely. just never or realized everything about her. Like, you know, sometimes that there will be people that you're like, because they happen to be shy or quiet, that you don't know that they have all these other interests and they're cool. Or some shy people are even funny, you know? Yeah, absolutely. There can be a lot that you need to get past that initial stuff. Shyness fucking slows a lot of progress down for people. It shouldn't be like that. You shouldn't be shy. You're what are you going to do? Some people are shy. Get over it. Uh, Rick, see? You're not good for the shy person. <laughs> Rick, St. Louis. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Hey, you gotta take it slow, bro, because you really don't know a person at first. It takes a couple of years to really figure out who they are, and I don't remember who said this, but the first year or so you're dating a person, you're really dating their publicist. Well, that uh, had to be said by somebody in fucking Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> but what he's saying is you are dating them at their best behavior. Oh. So you never really are getting... Um, you're not and, shitting yeah. on your hand and stuff. I don't think you ever want to get to that point where a person's shitting on your hand. Yeah, I know. go through all the years. Like if your wife's the first one. Catches what? you in the bathroom. Shitting on your hand? By mistake, because you were wiping your ass and you hit something and the shit came on your hand. And your wife came in with clean towels. You don't want to hear that. You so your wife came in with um, clean towels. And so you would shit on your hand and was sitting in the bathroom? I stand up when I, I'm like Al Dukes, I stand up when I wipe my ass, and I I tend to poke up my asshole, and it 
somehow triggered more shit and came all over my hand. And she happened to go in the same time with the bath towels to put into the shower. So that was one of the more uh, bad moments. But I think that we have a firm enough. That's why I believe in the love each other for a long time because that those type of moments can be supported by those incidents. The shit moments. Okay. Yeah. Uh, here is Dan. Dan and PA, you're on Run of Fez. Uh, hey, guys. Um, I had a little bit of a different situation. Well, maybe not even that different. I think aspects of this have to be with everybody. But uh, I fell for my wife uh, right away. Um, we're at a college party, uh, fell head over heels for her. I knew that that was the girl that I was going to marry, and it took her a little bit of a, a little bit longer time to kind of come over to, to, the, to the same idea. Um, and I think that for that long courtship thing, I think somebody at least has to have that idea in the back of their head from the from the get-go to keep the thing going. Because if both people are kind of waiting to see no. where this goes, it, it's it's more likely to fizzle out. All right, let's uh, go over this, though. Do you ever have any resentment that it took her a while? Uh, no. Uh-uh. Be honest. No, I was a... no, not really, no. Couldn't you imagine a little bit of resentment, though, Dave? Yeah, yeah. Sure. You're like, Why what the fuck? Yeah. What were you doing with, the, with some other fucking Joe yeah. once Davey Mac showed up? Pull your head out of your ass. Right. It'll get smart, well, I think, for fuck's sake. Stop hanging around other people. See, I would think there'd be a little bit of worry, too. Like, if it took me a long time to woo someone over to me, mm -hmm. you know, where they started out not being into me, it seems like they could go back the other way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't they? They weren't all that hard into it. That's the yeah. movie, 500 Summers. Um, like, try to woo me right now, Fez, and I'll show you how it's done, because I know you worry about stuff. Oh, 500 Summers is fucking perfect for that. Yeah. Which I'm surprised you guys didn't like it. I, I didn't like the the actor. Which they, one, the girl or the guy? I, I love the girl. Um, that guy, I still look at him as a 10-year-old on Third Rock from the Sun. I didn't see Third Rock, so it might have been easier for me. <laughs> she also played Cobra Commander. Yeah, I, I know summer. it was a TV show. I didn't watch it. There's a lot. <laughs> I didn't watch Mr. Belvedere either. I don't give a fuck. Um, you you don't like the movie, though? I didn't like anything about it. You didn't it. like the girl. You don't, you don't like anything. All right, no. Fez, you're not, you never really hit on anybody before, right? No. All right. Uh, what's the worst thing that you worry about? That they would say to get away from me. Okay. I mean, to be that blatant. All right. Why don't you just try to get to know me thing and see if it doesn't relax you. Okay. Is anybody sitting here? Uh, no faggot, and there ain't going to be. See, I'm already shot down at that point. Mm. I see. Yeah. Uh, Dan, New Jersey, you're on the Run of Face show. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hello? Yeah. What's up? You're on the air with us, Dan. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Hey, listen, Fucking going I, crazy. Uh, first time I saw my chick, um, I knew she was the one. The only problem was uh, my uh, best friend's little sister. And she was dating somebody for, I don't know, I guess about a year or two. So I just got to buy my time, then I got him pretty effed up, and I uh, asked my bike to hang out with him. Just kind of went from there, but right off the bat, I knew she was the chick. Yeah, she must have been the dullest, most boring, easily seduced women, woman in history. God. Hex, who made the first move, you or your chick? I think I did. You had to think because it happened through so much alcohol? Yeah, I was pretty fucked up, yeah. Yeah, alcohol. 
What? That kind of, that kind of alcohol. <laughs> Why do we got to run down Coke? That's alcohol. I, I uh, tried to make out with my wife and uh, was instructed I was a terrible kisser that I... Uh, pecked, last night? Pecked like a chicken. No, it was the first time we uh, we made out in Queens. In that basement apartment? Yeah, why? What's the big deal? You were there. You fucking loved it. <laughs> Oh well, yeah, I'm a scumbag <laughs> drinking in a fucking basement apartment. You love making out with him that night. Hey, let me ask you. Let me ask you. Who was um was were you already broken up? Yeah, I was. See that fuck? That's boring. Were you? Yeah, I was. Honestly, was. I've never. There's like an overlap there. I've never cheated properly. Mm. I no, I got I got rid of Westside like fucking yesterday's garbage. <laughs> Go Seriously, you don't garbage. think he's fucking funny? I think he I got today's garbage. He's so, he's so fucking ridiculously funny. Here. I don't know why you two guys can't get along. Here's a picture I drew. Uh, let's see this. Based on your comment. My <laughs> girlfriend. What is this little character's name? I don't know. You don't have you don't name Will him? Johnny. You know what? Let me, take him. Okay. Let me take it to my publisher. Let me see if I can't do something. I'll call him Will Johnny. Yeah. I've been working on a new fucking cartoon, basically. It's like, you know, because the baby cartoon uh, thing isn't working out so Snoots. well. Right, Snoots. People don't like kids. But you ever notice how the animal cartoons do good? Oh, yeah. So I come up with this new character, Fuck a Duck, <laughs> who basically is this really angry duck. <laughs> and it's just Fuck a Duck. I don't know whether it's going to go anywhere. Are you proficient at drawing uh, d ducks? I find them to be a little bit hard. No, I just draw the same thing over and over, and I just write fuck a duck underneath <laughs> of it, and then I send it out to publishers. I can get their heads. I can never get their bodies. I'm not I don't good bother with, with the bodies. Yeah, I'm terrible with <laughs> animal bodies. Not their heads. I can draw any kind of fucking cow, pig, whatever, but their bodies I always fuck up. I really stink at that shit. I, I can draw a snake, though. Yeah, fucking Pepper run down my apartment like he lives in anybody. He lives on a fucking old dead woman's bed. Uh, Tom and I was. Christ. <laughs> yeah, I'm running Fez. Whoops, let me try again, Tom. Tom and Iowa. Hey, guys, what's up? Gonna let you know, uh, my wife's first uh, line ever given to me, she, the first time I talked to her, she, she said, uh, my friend wants to fuck you. And uh, I was really into her. And uh, now we're married, have three kids, and I don't know if it ever really bothers her that, you know, her friend blew me that night, but, you know, but it worked out. You never bring it up? Nope. Never so how long have you been married now? Uh, gosh, 12 years. Now, do you ever see the friend anymore? Uh, once in a while. Not much, though. Is, is that an odd moment? No, no, because her friend was, uh, she, she, she's probably with three of my other friends, so. It she's blowing everybody, so... Everywhere she goes is awkward. Uh, yeah, Mac, what, what's your feeling on that one? That's fine. I, I was in a uh, situation. I actually had uh, a little bit of sex. You blew a guy? No, no, no with um, Westside's friend, and I didn't even know her at the time. And then she's like, "Okay, this is a, you know," and that girl's my friend, and I didn't even know it. She kind of actually looked like um, the girl from the office who was in here today. She was Indian. I, I always liked those Indians. Anyway, uh, I just. Talked to her nicely, and I said, "How are you, Shelby?" And that was it. How are you, Shelby? <laughs> Shelby. I'm going to treat you like you're retarded. <laughs> uh, someone sent us a G-back uh, picture. We got it up here. They think this looks like G-back from behind. 
Come on over, Dave and, and Fez, and see if they've nailed the G-back thing. Oh. I don't see that. No? I don't, I don't no, I don't see it either. Oh, I wait, don't see that as being... Wait, for the first time ever, I just caught a whiff of Dave. <laughs> I did just catch a whiff of you. I know, it's terrible. <laughs> you, I'm going to get a divorce or something, because... I don't know why she stays with you at all. But you're musty. Yeah, I know. Just have a nice bath. Have Casey give you a sponge bath, see? You'd win her back and you'd be clean. I just want to go on the record saying I deserve bonus points because I have a wife and two children. Uh, Lance, Houston. Yeah, you get the bonus points. Yeah. I'm going to give them to you. All right. Lance and Houston. What are bonus yeah, points? Well, um, Dave is just a redhead genius. I love listening to him. You, you are. Two. You are. Yeah, thank you, sir. Uh, I uh, I wanted to ask you this, Ronnie. I, I host a, a radio show here, and uh, I, I had interaction with one of my listeners just arguing sports back and forth. I do sports talk. And we ended up meeting at, at an event, and she was going out with somebody else at the time. Like a week later, we started going out. And I was kind of curious if you've ever, uh, on the clock, um, ended up with, with girlfriends What are you, a fucking cop, Lance? <laughs> wow. You say you work on the radio. Do you ever hear us discussing these kind of things? What's that? You say you work in radio. Have you ever heard of fucking anyone talking about this in public ever? Never. No, we don't do this. Secret? Yes. You can tell. Oh, oh, you must work in a small don't. fucking market. There's a code. <laughs> I didn't know there was a code. Yes. Why are you all happy, Fez? Like you're in the club? I'd like to think I've never broken a code. Well, we break here. We come back. Fez got something he wants to talk about. What is it, Fez? A uh, new venture with Paula Abdul. Oh, I hope you two will just have the best time, and I hope it. I hope you both make a million dollars. I really do. Ron Fez show. Irrigation, growing the fresh water system of public health. What have the Romans ever done for us? Brought pity. Oh, pity. Shut up. Ron Fez, show 866-RON-0-FEZ. 866-RON-0-FEZ. Uh, I just want to say to somebody on Ronnie B quotes named Moe's 41, don't put your own quote in there under as mine. If you got a bad Imus joke, don't fucking credit it to Ronnie B. That definitely was not my fucking statement. The I-Man? Yeah, it's not so much I had to do with Imus, but I'm not going to do some crap joke like that. Like, oh, he's one crap away from death, hard crap away from death. That's not a fucking Ron Bankton joke. This annoys me. No, the island calls people jerks a lot. Oh, I, I don't mind that at all. I don't have any fucking problem with that. Just like, it's your own joke. Don't fucking credit it on Ronnie. Get the Moe's 41 quote page up and running. Work that out and get your own quote page going. All right, Ron Fez show. Uh, we had the little girl in from uh, Mindy Kaling in from uh, the office today. Very serious about comedy. Did you notice that, Dave? Yes, I did. Very serious little comedy writer. But a humble person. Humble pie is what she ate. 
Yeah. Uh, Charlie Sheen pleaded not guilty to domestic violence charges on Monday, three months after his wife told Colorado police that he put a knife up to her throat and threatened to kill her. Charlie Sheen, he'll be back on Two and a Half Men. This will not stick to him. He's already back. He's been there the whole time. He went into the short stint, I think, at a rehab, but uh, already back making things happen. That's all he'll. We, that's all well, he will get. But let's be honest here. He didn't do anything. Well, he threatened her with a knife. He threatened her with a knife, but he didn't fucking stab her. I don't think you're gonna put anybody in jail for saying one of these days to the moon. You know what I'm saying? Now you can't hit anybody, but why can't you say to you? And she's not gonna want to press charges anymore. But I don't think the guy is a fucking problem right now. Maybe I'm uh, I'm off on this, but if I was the judge, I would say. All right, can you two idiots fucking try to work out your party schedule and leave the cops out of it? Um, am I crazy here, Dave? Am I missing something? No, I mean, anyone who's been in a marriage, I believe, would understand that you tend to get fucking insane from time to time. And this is, that's just running When the you mill. get insane, do you get insane in the membrane? Uh, yeah. Would you say Cypress Hill's going insane? You're saying this differently, Fez? I hate yeah. to pull you into this. I know it's a radio show, but where am I wrong? Because he took a knife and put it up to her throat. He physically threatened her. Yeah, he threatened her. Right. He didn't do it. That's still a crime. What would the crime be? That's, uh, you know, that's a threatening assault. Yeah, I don't think you go to jail for that. I think you're told, watch out, we're going to keep an eye on you. But I don't think you go to jail for that. You I think he should lose his job on two and a half men? If he can't control himself... He didn't control himself. He didn't plunge the knife into her. Yeah, but he was still out of control enough to grab a knife where something could have gone wrong. But it didn't. Yeah, but it... That, but it, that didn't happen. So, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you're saying that he had no control. He didn't put the fucking knife in her. Putting the knife in her would have showed zero control. Now, obviously, this woman doesn't want this to go any further. She's already saying, we shouldn't call the fucking police. But I, I, I got to say here... If he puts the fucking knife into her, he's in big trouble. But by saying, I'll stab you with a knife, if the woman's not saying, I, wanna, I want the police to keep fucking this guy out of my life, you know, she's saying, no, I want to go home with him. I don't think this is any of our business anymore. Dave, should they be able to go home together or they need some kind of fucking counseling? Now, they should go home together because they're the two consenting adults. And again, why do we? I don't understand why people want other people to intervene all the time. She called the cops. She wanted people to intervene, and, and they did. And once the cops intervene, sorry, you've made that call. She made it's mistake. now in the cops' hands. Right. She but here's the story. He threatened her. The cops took him in. Everything has happened fucking perfectly. Now, if you're the judge, you say, Charlie, Mrs. Sheen, stop this shit. I'm serious. Stop fucking bothering us. Get your shit together. But no going to jail and no seeing Charlie as being a guy who actually uh, fucking did anything. Because he didn't in this case. Matt, Atlanta, you're on Fez. Hey, guys. Yeah, I've got an ex-girlfriend, and during a heated fight, I smacked some makeup out of her hand. Uh -huh. And from that point forward, I was a wife beater. Um, did you finally end up having to break up with her? Yeah, she ended up leaving me, and we just never recovered, and it's still like a... It's still a thing, so whatever, you know, nothing I can do about it. Um, 
here is uh, Andy and PA. You're on Ron Fez. Hey, Ron. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just uh, got out of court uh, a few days ago, and the guy uh, that was in the court with me got, uh, I think, six months for in a bar fight uh, giving terroristic threats and saying he was going to kick someone's ass and beat the crap out of him. But he already fucking hit the person, right? Nope, didn't hit him, didn't touch him. Just, just said. Threatened to fight him. All right, now that person has to also keep the fucking charges going, right? Uh, no, I don't even think so. I think the cops came and they just took him to jail right from there. Yeah, I think it's the, the I think it's the state after that. Once the cops get involved, the like Charlotte, Mrs. Charlie Sheen can drop the charges if she wants, that but they're not sense. going to. That doesn't make sense. The fucking point is. He didn't do the things that he fucking said he was going to do. How is it a fucking crime to say uh, anything to anybody else if that person... Yeah, what do you want? Just talking on the air. How is it if the other person is going to say that's a joke? Why not fucking arrest the guy for being a movie? Why not fucking arrest Hans Gruber for being in a movie of saying he was going to do stuff that he didn't say. doesn't even fucking make sense to me. Because that's not real. This is a real police case. Exactly. It's not fucking real. You could say to someone, says, I'm going to tear your fucking head off. It doesn't mean I'm going to tear your head off. We're fucking having this fucking thing back and forth. But if she was threatened enough that night... That she made a mistake. ...that she thought she was going to get killed and call the police on him because she had a knife up against her throat, that's a crime. You can't hold knives up to people's throats. Again, she said now, no, I'm not fucking holding that. That's insane to me. I mean, she can plea on his behalf at this court case where he pleaded not guilty... But other than that, she's the one who started this ball rolling, and it's going to keep rolling. I'm stunned by this. I think it's a fucking waste of our time. An absolute waste of our time. I don't know why people want the state to to jump in. You know, why wouldn't I do this? Uh, Say, uh, Fez is making threats about me. Should he go to jail for that? He's openly wished I, I would die sometimes. I could consider that a threat. If you're going to say to somebody, I'll kick your fucking ass, you're now a problem? But you he, can't say that? You can call the police and say you've been threatened, yes. You've never threatened anyone before? Yeah, I've threatened people, I'm sure. No one believes you're going to back it up. It's insane. I could understand if you were fucking harassing some woman, scaring the fuck out of her. Yeah, go ahead. But you and your chick had a fight. The cops got called either by you or the neighbors, whatever. And now you say to the cops, look, we're fine. We don't want to fucking do anything. Now they're supposed to stay on top of you about this? That's fucking crazy where we are right now. And there's other um, considerations. They have kids. Yeah, they weren't going to kill the kids. You, you think the consideration is the dad should be in jail? You think that ever fucking helps out a family? Here's Charlie in Virginia. Yeah, hey, what's up, guys? Um, I'm pretty sure it's a Colorado state law that if the cops are called on a domestic, that someone goes to jail. Jesus um, Christ, dude, they're fucking nutty out there. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, thanks, guys. Checking out. I find it really hard to believe that if the so-called victim 
withdraws the complaints. That uh, you keep the case going on. That doesn't even make sense to me. Um, here is uh, Art. Art, you're on the run of fence. How you doing, buddies? Yeah. Yeah, uh, my wife was arrested for domestic violence. I didn't show up to court and the case was dropped. So as long as you don't show up. That's what happened there. All right. The cop, the cop actually seen her hit me, and she got locked up. And I didn't go to court. The case was dismissed. You still with her? Not no more. I divorced her after 20 years, buddy. All right, man. Take care of yourself. Uh, here's our good friend, Death Metal Mo. Mo. Gentlemen, 917, no checking in today. Hey, buddy. Great to hear you as always. Fez, go Fez. Um, I just wanted to let you know, you were saying, how can you be called, or have the cops call on you if you just threaten somebody? Well, assault is pretty much unlawfully placing somebody in fear of bodily harm. So it's just a fear. So you can be brought up on charges for assault. And the battery is the touching. It's just a fear. Then yeah. you know what? I want Stephen King arrested. <laughs> I've had to put his book in the freezer. That's how. That's the kind of fear <laughs> that he has me in right now. Stephen King, I went on a domestic battery uh, charges. It's kind of crazy, though, if the person says, I know I called you, now I want to drop it. I was a little fucked up myself. Oh, I, I do agree with that. I think they probably don't drop it after that because they're probably afraid that you know, maybe after they left, you get talking, it's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking kill you if you keep going with this, you know? So it's like once you set that ball in motion, it's probably kept in motion by the state, at, you know, agree or disagree with it because... It started to seem like the big mistake he made was not using that knife. <laughs> he would have been, the body would have already been gone by now. All right, here's Jessica in Strong Island. You're on says. Ronnie. Yeah. You could uh, threaten to have a bomb on an airplane and not really have one and you get thrown right in jail. First of all, when I'm on an airplane now, I won't even say words to your moms just because I'm afraid somebody will say we dropping bombs after. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have you don't even have to have one, you could just say it. Well I know you can't go into a you, you can't go into a bank and say I have a fucking gun aimed at your head even when you don't either. I get that. You could go yeah. into the bank and say I have a gub. I have a gub and I'm ready to Help you. <laughs> uh, all right, Jessica. All right, buddy. Big to Strong Island. All right, here's uh, Craig. Craig in Brooklyn. You're in my face. Hey, how's it going? Good, buddy. Listen, you're talking about a domestic violence case, which is, like, different than other cases because they look at the victim as uh, under control of the person who's, like, uh, assaulting them. That's I'd love to be. I'd love to have a woman under my control. It just never really fucking happens, does it? No, it never happens at all. But yeah. yeah. So uh, that's why. It's, that's why they don't drop it. That's why they won't drop the case. Is because uh, the man basically could force her to drop the charges, and that's why those type of cases go on longer. So they don't even believe her when the, when she says that she wants to well, drop the charges. Well, her ass is in rehab right now. I believe yeah, her. I think they're two fucked up people together. I think she got so fucked up one night she married Charlie Sheen. That's what a fucking idiot she is. Uh, here's Jessica in Arizona. Yeah, hey, Ronnie, how are you? Good, darling. Hey, I'm a police officer out in Arizona. And Hold on, you sound just about. like a woman. Yeah, I am. <laughs> so I'm a police officer in Arizona. What do you mean, like a dispatcher? 
What's that? What are you like, a dispatcher? No, I'm a police officer that carries a gun. Calling all cocks. Yeah, yeah, they let women be cops out here in Arizona. What? All right. I know. <laughs> Whatever. So, okay, so, so the domestic violence laws out here go is they don't need a victim. The state is the victim. So if we go into a house and the husband or the wife says they don't want to press charges, it's too late. We're actually the victim of that crime. Oh. But what happens is when it goes to court, if one of the parties isn't willing to pursue charges, most of the time it's dismissed, depending on the severity of the crime. So that probably have to go the whole way. Yep. So I have to write this out. Now, my friend Death Metal Mo, I don't know whether you heard him call. He thought he was assaulted because someone left a seed in a rye bread. Is that true? <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't there. All right. <laughs> You take care, darling. Okay, thanks. Right, bye. You know, I think it's great the way lesbians are making progress. I do. Well, they don't have that haphazard penis in the way. True. I think we're making a big deal about nothing. I wish these two idiots would just go back to their own house and be by themselves. And if anything fucking happens, if Charlie Sheen starts fucking... Acting crazy. Just uh, call Emilio Estevez. He always knows how to fucking talk him down. And that kid's a, a, a doll. Well, he's the likable one. He, he's he, a doll baby, that one. He kept the mother's name. Is that what he did? Well, yeah. unlike Charlie, he didn't want to go off his dad's fucking fame. Right, Emilio was in it just for his mom. He's in it to win it. I always thought Charlie looked exactly like a young Martin Sheen, but Emilio looks like... Old present day Martin Sheen. Even when he was like 25, Emilio looked like old. You Martin think Sheen. about that family more than anyone I've ever known before. Oh, I love those people. They I love problems. those people. That's your favorite Hollywood family? That is my favorite Hollywood family. I, I really do love them. I love that Martin Sheen, man. I can't get enough of that I guy. I like Martin Sheen. Oh, if I was going to be part of a Hollywood family, I think I would go with the Howards. With Ron and Clint and Rance and uh, Bryce Dallas. With Ron Howard, you know, with Clint. He's always putting Clint in the movies. You'd always work if Ron Howard was in your family. Clint Howard's what? Good. A fucking day worker? <laughs> if anything, I feel like Ron Howard's fucking held Clint back. Because he's kind of known as a joke now. Yeah, it's true. I don't like what he's done with his brother. He's never given him a real role that he can shine with, but he gives him like the little kind of joke roles in the background, so now he looks like a fucking day player. He's ugly... One line of the movie. Ugly one line that's humorous of the movie. It's not fair. Uh, my my chick went to school with Bryce Howard and, and used to hang out in Rod Howard's house. Knew Bryce Howard very well. She seems like a sweet girl, huh? That Bryce Howard? She said she was very nice. Um, mm -hmm. And Ron Howard was just, a, just, a, just an absolute gentleman. Everything he seems to be? Yeah. Just an absolute class act. That's another fucking guy that I love. Why couldn't they? Uh, why couldn't they go out of their fucking way to, uh, you know, get Ron Howard on your show? Seriously, or like you know, I don't know why Ron Howard is dragging his feet, hooking me up with Spike. You know, it seems like Ron Howard would have some pull. Give me that show. He was the original Opie before Opie. Yes. And you know, I know that story. No, I saw him Leno. Opie told Leno all about it when he saw him. I see. That's before the fucking Twitter goons shut me down. 
It probably wouldn't be bad being a Murray brother. I'm walking. I'm watching out for the. Well, if you're one of them, it's great. The rest of them it blows. If you're the Murray brother named Bill, great to be a Murray brother. Don't be any other Murray though, if you can help it. Not even Brian Doyle. I wonder if he pays for the golf trips at least. Pays for everything. Where the other one's gonna get money? I bet he gets a fucking thing. Hey, I got a heating bill. I think he's going that fucking deep. That deep. Yeah. Eh, it is what it is. Why are you going to say it that way? It doesn't have to be that way. They could get some jobs. I guess so. That Bryce Howard's a good-looking chick, you know. No, that has nothing to... You didn't hear one thing that fucking... Uh, Fez stopped us with, with the Murray brothers. I did. But I got some guy just jib-jabbing. Who's jib-jabbing? The, the, the booker over here. Because he, he heard me about the Jessica Simpson. You know, uh... What booker? Which one? <laughs> the booker that we like. Oh, he doesn't want to say his name on the air. We what, were, what were you saying about fucking Jessica Simpson that has him upset? <laughs> Tell Liam to come on in here. Go in, go in there. Liam is our... A uh, very good friend and does a fantastic job booking. As a matter of fact, I've never seen anything like the booking department here. Is just through the... Yeah. Sure. Just absolutely amazing. How are you, Liam? Everything's good. What is it that you heard Dave say about Jessica Simpson? Well, he just told me to shit on him. I don't right. want to do that. <laughs> uh, no, I was, I was walking Jessica Simpson out and he was yeah. standing... A good three yards away from her right. with his Blackberry and kind of says in a, in a room room voice, mm -hmm. uh, you know, turn around, honey. Come on. Let's, let's, let's turn around and show me. So you are. Uh, so I'm, I'm standing next to Jessica. Publicist yeah. is standing next to her as well. And the publicist says, Jessica, I think this guy here wants you to turn around. Loud enough for the publicist to hear as well. So unprofessional, you're saying. <laughs> Completely unprofessional. Although he was the gentleman afterwards because the publicist said, hey, do you want to get a photo with her? And he said, no, I'm absolutely disgusting. Yeah, well, he does smell really bad. Uh, and I got a whiff of him today. <laughs> I haven't smelled says yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I had an opportunity to take a picture with her. I turned it down. That's professional. That was professional. But weren't you told to stay away from her? Yeah, I did. I couldn't help it. <laughs> Before it even happened? Yeah, it I was like a, a flame with the mop. Well, she was in the <laughs> paper today. She said, since the sexual napalm. Yeah. Uh, guys have been undressing her with their, with their eyes. Really? Did yeah. you do that? I was, definitely. Wow. I was like, now I'm taking off your sweater. Now but I'm looking at your titties. Don't you undress most women with your eyes? Yes. I undress them with my hands. Is sexual <laughs> napalm a good thing or a bad thing? I was thinking about that yesterday. I can't figure um, it out. Well, it's a fiery gel that sticks to the body. <laughs> yeah, I so I'm not... That normally that's like a VD I, yeah, thing. I feel like Burn. it's kind of yeah. gross. I feel like that means she just lays there and festers. Steve Leeds afraid to touch us off, so. Steve Leeds, well, yeah. He... Steve Leeds would not shake my hand <laughs> the other true. day because you guys aren't showering. Really? Now, Steve Leeds is also the genius who came up with the idea of Perel on the outside of the bathroom. That's true, and, and then he, pointed it out to Yeah, you. and then pointed it out and says, what do you think, Ron? Good and I'm like, great, Steve. That was a good, good job. And then he said, and then you didn't use it. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wouldn't use it. He goes, I told Ron about the Purell, and then he didn't use it. Um, He's very interested in that kind of stuff. I know. I like the Steve Lee stuff like this. Would you like to have 
uh, JFK on your show? <laughs> yeah, I would. Maybe I would. He'll just give me like the greatest <laughs> names ever. What do you think, JFK on your show? What do you think about? He knows everybody. He does know everybody. That's yeah. true. And, and no one likes him. And he got on TV without even trying. I know. Dave, Unlike Dave and uh, yeah. Sam. I want Liberty Davies. Apprentice. What are you talking yeah. about? How come? How come he can get on network TV and you can't get on Spike? Who? Steve Lee. Uh, I've never. I, I. I don't know. I've never met met the man. Steve Lee. By the way, is Jackson Brown down there? Uh, yeah, he is. He just got here. He's doing an interview right now, and I was handed this. Uh, was World it in late? Motion. Uh, yeah, he was a little. Why don't we get late, late to the sky? He's a little late. Uh, I'm gonna break and run down. And see, him. I, I, I even want to see Dave Marsh sit next to him. Dave Marsh doing the interview. I know. That's a, that's how I'll fucking fan it up on this thing. Yeah. Where are they at? Uh, Studio One. I'm just gonna go in with my guests. It'll be a three of us. I'll just say, guys, we haven't seen any. Bu- I'll say we haven't seen each other since the singer-songwriter days back in the seventies. <laughs> Introduce me to Bruce. By the way, any, any idea of any of the people we're talking about, Fez? Um, Jackson Brown, I, I know. Brown. Yeah, yeah, I think. Mm. Daryl, but, dated Daryl Hannah. Running on empty. Mm. Uh, that I don't know. That's he's talking to you about your own career. Oh. 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 <laughs> right back. Uh, end this up, Ron Fez show. You're listening to the Ron Fez show on the Virus Series 197 XM202.
Thanks for throwing that on for me. Hicks uh, threw that on so I could go sit in with Dave Marsh and Jackson Brown. I'm not even sure what radio station that's going to be running on, but it was just great to get the three of us together. You let you in? Just, just walked in there? I'm just saying, hey, I came in. I'm a big fan of both you guys. Loving what you're doing here with this. I will tell you the truth. There's certain guys, because I guess it's like, whatever age you happen to be, but you get your Cameron Crowe moments if you work here at Sirius, where you just feel like Cameron Crowe for just a couple of minutes. And those two guys are part of that for me. Dave Marsh, I read all this stuff from Rolling Stone when I was a kid. 
And, of course, Jackson Brown is Jackson Brown. I don't know if the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame means anything to you, but he's there. Uh, We've got to do a quick judgment here. The little red-headed girl is going to judge through her nose who seems to be riper or who may be cheating. Fez Watley, you're kind of known as a clean freak. Uh-huh. Have you cheated at all? I have not cheated at all. Not even a brush of the teeth? Oh, no. And that there is a film there that is horrible. Not running the comb through the beard and through the hair? Nope, nope. What I can do now is my hair is so greasy that I can now, with my hands, mold it like I, a modeling clay. Send me the little red-haired girl in here. She's coming. Right now. Um, and tell her I said shit on Dave. She'll know what it means. Tell her to go with it. Um, I know she's in no hurry, and we've got all the time in the world before the show is over. But um, she's Long Island's finest. I don't know, after living all these years in Long Island, she's going to be able to tell ripe and unripe. What's wrong, honey? You look all upset. Grab a mic over there. Were they mean to you? Yeah. <laughs> no, they're not mean to me. Did they shove you in here? They, uh, yeah. Punched me in the eye and told me to uh, do what I'm told. You wanna? You felt like you should be somewhere else? That they had to make you come in here? Um, first of all, I want you to go over and, and touch Fez's hair. Uh, he claims... Is this something that you feel like you can't do? <laughs> I, I, first thing I noticed when I got in the office this morning was Fez's hair. You think it looks what? Good? Uh, it looks like he really wants to shower. So we're dying. Now, Dave, <laughs> let's take off your hat. Your hair doesn't get greasy. It's a little dry looking. But um, well, I have dry hair, so actually not showering is helping my hair. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> of course. You're getting stronger, <laughs> healthier in every day. Now, you, somehow all the curl is out of your well, hair. That's why how you can tell I haven't showered. There's no more curl. I have curly hair. It's gone. Oh. I'm a straight-haired freak. I'm like Tom Hanks in Da Vinci Code. Oh, <laughs> now I understand Tom Hanks in Da Vinci Code. <laughs> straight his hair out. All right, so you don't even want to you don't want to touch Fez's hair. It's too grody. Um, I'll I'll take one for the team, but it's not necessarily something I'm I'm looking forward to. All right, well, why don't you head on over? This is all news to me. Thanks, sweet talker. All right, sacrifice yourself for your coworkers. Yeah, just run your fingers through that. Ooh. You could fry some potatoes. Is it really that bad? <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> oh. What does that mean? Uh, it, it means that I think Great. I could probably wring his hair out and, and have enough to fry some potatoes. <laughs> How about his skin on his forehead? Give that a... Yeah. a little... Wasn't your cat licking your head? <laughs> the cat <laughs> tried to little... lick the, the oil off of my face He's at one point. He's a little shiny. He's, yeah, definitely right. a little shiny. Reach in for a smell of the breath, too. You right. know, not not bad. It's not like bad on the breath? It's like maybe subtle morning breath. Okay. But really not offensive. And now let's get in the armpits. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, uh, it's definitely not, not pleasant, but not as bad as I thought. All right. Uh, let's send her over <laughs> to uh, Dave. Now, oh, this is the hard part, Dave. So well, Fez may be cheating. It's not like I was given a compliment. It's only because they think didn't didn't Dave accidentally started a day well, so early? Yeah, but I mean, Fez would be six fucking days into this, oh. and to not be ripe makes me think there could be some cheating going on. All right, uh, let's take a do? smell of uh, Dave the hair. The hair test. Yeah. His, ooh, yeah. His isn't actually very lovely either. Oh, 
Oh. The hair sink? Oh, he's only been wearing a hat for fucking six days. Okay, <laughs> he's been wearing a hat a lot. So, stink scalp. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, and give a, the body a little whiff. Oh, I thought we were doing breath. I did the breath. Oh. Awful. <laughs> yeah, that's awful. What All right. I count on washing my teeth. And uh, the... Y'all and do. Go to the armpits uh, very quickly. I'm vomit. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> can I go away? Yeah, you can go away. Thank you can come over and use this. Oh. And I have a child and oh, two wives. Oh. Hmm? oh. Are you still allowed I mean, to sleep I, in the bed? And, and I have a <laughs> wife and two child. <laughs> yeah. And so. You got us all mixed up here. I got the bonus points. Oh. Um. Oh, that smells still in my nose. Yeah, it's still bad. Oh. So, in. In terms of who's the stinkier, it's definitely Dave. Definitely Dave is stinkier. All right, so we know Dave is actually doing this. Yeah. That's why we... by no means is fresh. That's mm -hmm. by no means is fresh. It's Sounds like it's not not as. Sounds Look like at it. him. You can tell he's not fresh. I can't tell. He looks shower to me. That's no I don't know. He didn't. He, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the only thing he I say, and I saw this the day after, is that the hair was greasy. Yeah. We started this on Wednesday. Thursday he came in, his hair was greasy. It just goes that quick. The oil glands just erupt. You it's, may be a sea urchin. There will be blood. <laughs> well, I enjoy this shower competition. I mean, it's difficult. If I get a callback from Spike, who knows? You know, again, it's going to be another difficult dilemma. Um, by the way, I was thinking about you the other day. You were disappointed that they did not have a video camera set up. Well, I didn't see it. Yeah, that comics always has video up high, and they run it out of the production booth, ah. and they shoot everything out of there. I didn't know that. Yeah, and I got to thinking about that the other day. I'm going, I've never heard of a TV thing, because normally the guys in L.A. look at it. Yeah. But then I remember the comics, they shoot every comic that goes on stage there. Oh, wow. I don't what know how they, they fucking get away with yeah, it. Yeah, really? They yeah. just fucking keep it. That's pretty awesome. How much do you think his tidiness and cleanliness on film plays a part? I don't think very much. Uh, I think it's going to play to his natural, regular guy thing. I think it works for him. That's what they're if, looking for. If they anything, Dave, you should went up, told you're taking a shit, lost the wedding ring story, because you told it very funny. Yeah, I know. You, you should have told that on stage. I realized that after the fact. But if they're looking for a regular guy, there's not much you can do. They're not looking for... They're just looking to see if there's someone they like. And then all you can really do is present yourself, and that's it. You Not can't, a real you know, person. I don't know. But uh, I, I I could go back tomorrow, but it's St. Patrick's Day. Fuck it. Tomorrow's a drinking day. Why don't is you it? get liquored up yeah. and go back? You can show you want to do a drinking day on the Renaissance show? That would be great. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go back. The, the, that would look desperate and weird. What are we going to pick? Pogues for ourselves? What else? That would be nice. Some Pogues. I have some Irish bands for us. Some Elvis Costello. Uh, maybe um, some early U2. You know, go like that fucking shit. Of course, you're going to talk about... Um, Traffic Murphy's. Yeah. Traffic Murphy's, Flagging Molly, Black 47. That's the American amazing. guys, huh? Uh, Black 47's uh, Irish, Irish people. Mm. They're good. You don't seem like you're that much into it tomorrow. Tomorrow, of course, is the day the... Cops walk up and down the fucking street, which it's really cop day. I have a small problem with it. Um, Dave, you're in the drinking fez. Are you in the drinking tomorrow? I will drink tomorrow. Hicks? Uh, Lent. 
Oh, that's right. What a, like what a jerk. Um, now, I'll say to the little red-haired girl, you know, the, these two guys, we find out in the last couple of days, Fez and Dave don't like each other. <laughs> I, I was listening. <laughs> yeah. Who has been kinder to you? And be honest, you don't have to, there's no meanness about it, but who just seems like the most <laughs> person? person? Uh, d- despite the uh, batting of the eyelashes and the winks that are coming from my right, yeah. I'm, I'm going Fezzy all the way. Fezzy is kinder Fezzy to you? What, yeah. what what has Fez done that's nicer than what Dave does? Uh, <laughs> I lay down the law. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Is he tough? Uh, he can that be tough at times. Good. Yeah. I like that. He could definitely be tough. And that's Fez why. isn't tough. It's not that it's not that Fez isn't tough. Fez is just you know he's polite and a little bit kinder and that's nice. I say please and thank you. <laughs> you know, All right, yeah. so out of every Fez is your favorite here, and I love that Fez. <laughs> you are the number one favorite. That's a, and that makes that's a big he thing. He was in my corner during the uh, during the intern search, 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 search. <coughs> I noticed that he was, he was pulling corner. for you. Uh, where I think I was pulling uh, for you, just trying to get one in. <laughs> <laughs> Are we doing another one on Thursday? <laughs> Sorry again to Mrs. Regan. Thursday goes yeah. down. Yes. Um, why Thursday, not Wednesday? Thursday works out for everybody. Okay, so let's have it work out for them. Forget about us. We're not going to announce the prizes yet. We'll wait for Thursday. Yeah. But we're going to have fun, kind of cool, different kind of prizes. Awesome. Awesome. I'm very excited. I'd like to play. You might play. I don't One know. One of these days. I really wanted that Peter Jackson thing, but I just couldn't get the right answer. Maybe what we'll do, uh, maybe I'll have somebody for you to play against. Oh, okay. Well, that, that person's very loud, that other person I was hoping to keep up with. <laughs> I don't know right now. <laughs> so, for you... Now, when you hear these two guys fight back and forth with each other, Dave and Fez, yeah. who do you think is more in the right there? Do you think it's Fez is not getting the respect for Dave or Dave is not getting the respect from Fez? Um, wow. Um, do you know the situation? A little bit. I, I'm a little afraid to, to speak on the matter. No, don't. It's kind of a shitty interview. Don't worry about it. No, you are, <laughs> believe me. The fact that you are a shitty intern is why I want to hear and from you. But just, no, we're all. This is special immunity. We're all. Just give your opinion. We're just curious to hear. I think that when it comes to to some things, I, I know that Dave was was very excited to to do his show. I I heard that there was some issues with the phone line. So right. I think, considering the circumstances, I think Dave did the best that he could. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when it also comes to things like. Uh, the Twitter awards, as much as I love what Dave did, uh, he he left some important facts out. Like what? Like who you were and, oh, and where you can find Ron and Seth. <laughs> 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 yeah, but where? Uh, where? <laughs> you know. Well, you can't play both ways. He just says where. So you can't yeah. say both ways. You can't say, well, what he did was irresponsible. Oh, uh, but, uh, but having said that, now plug it properly. I'm explaining her point, you idiot. Oh. My point being that yes, you you went screaming. He's not professional, says, but but you know. Plus, plus, also, I never want any kind of marketing. I want to keep right. this show as quiet as well possible. <laughs> you don't like line. the fake epilepsy drop? Just do it, Ron and not on the radio. Just yell that out. Don't even look for it. I'll keep that in mind. But the thing is, there's no professional way to fucking barge into a CNN. Absolutely. fucking thing. So that's what made it good. Sorry. But I don't think that is the beginning of the problems. The problems begin from somewhere else, 
just like a personality thing between the two. You think that there's just a personality conflict? I don't know if they if Fez can get used to Dave growing up. You know what I mean? And Dave has Dave's grown up a little up. bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, comedically and professionally, he's grown up a little bit since the guy that we met at Bar 9. But yeah. a lot of times, like you ever notice, in the neighborhood, if there's a younger guy, there's always one guy who doesn't notice he's not got the shine box anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, well. So are you saying that you and think... I feel like, yeah, I still have the shine box sometimes, I guess. He wants you to get the fucking shine box. Sure. And that makes you want to fucking uh, kick him in the head. But see, the other weird thing is, Fez, O&A can, you know, O&A has seen that Dave has grown. Um, the bosses see that Dave has grown. Right now, it's just you. They're very kind. Oh, Pete yeah. Anthony and Jim and Ron Bennington have all been very supportive. Well, we've all seen your humor come up over the years. I mean, just a couple of days ago, Opie was that uh, Australian dude was in, and Opie was talking to him about me and very com and so was Jim, very complimentary. Well, I remember the night. I don't remember that guy. Uh, it was a couple of Halloweens ago that Jim Jeffries was screaming that you're an animal who drinks his own piss. Right, and that's a 2008, <laughs> Jim. Yeah, Jeffries. Is that 2008? Yep. I think it was even 2007. Uh, I think it was 2008. To be honest with you, you I were still drinking and pissed in 2008. Two years ago. Mm, it still makes me feel bad. It's <laughs> not a full two years. I think it was 07. Oh well, then maybe okay. I'll take that then. That's even better. I thought it was 08. I was just trying to be honest, but so seven then it's good. Anyway, I'm not Australian. Big deal. I remember deal. Uh, dressed like a nun. Is all I can remember that night, and I can't remember that's 2007 or 2008. I think it's. I don't think you were there, Ron. No, I came at the end of the night. You were drunk. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't at the thing. I came over to that second bar. And I, and I saw Jim Jeffries going crazy. That. And I'm like, wow, he remembers something from long ago. Because none of these fucking guys told me you drank piss on stage <laughs> that night. That was I the last big fight man you had. <laughs> I had just told blackout that time. That was like one of the last blackouts, too. Real blackout. Well, tomorrow we're going to drink. <laughs> but we're going to keep our eyes on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> found it. <laughs> But look at Hicks, he's all pissed off because he can't. He can't hey, no, twitching. Just break a lap, motherfucker. I'm not going to do it. No, you, you are allowed. allowed. Wait, you on St. Patrick's Day, you are allowed. That's, That's like a bullshit. Fucking... No, it's not. We learned that last year. I learned shit. Oh, come on, Peppy, you fucking bag. <laughs> I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come from? He's acting No, he's not. He's just trying to keep his Lent. If anything, Fuck he's... Him. He's trying to, uh, he's acting the exact opposite of a gay person. <laughs> what? He didn't say gay person, he said faggot. It's a big difference. Gay love booze. There, there is an exemption on St. Patrick's Day. We learned that last year. So he, there's no reason he should drink tomorrow. No reason. Shotgun. <laughs> You're going to be driving. I'm going to get the wife to drop me off at the bus station. <laughs> Got all Oh, you going that far? Yeah. So you already knew coming in. You didn't have to wait for me to say it. You knew coming in. I was hoping. Oh, we've done it for four years. We've done it for four fucking years. Oh, have we? Yeah. <laughs> Always my birthday and St. Patrick's Day. I can count on getting that fucking bottle in the hand. Who are the interns in tomorrow? Uh, Freddie and... I think and, everyone. Uh, Jack... No, Paulie's not in. Freddie and Jack... Uh, the little redhead what is girl. What Paulie doing his fucking days off? No, he, he actually works for... He works the most of everyone. He gets Wednesdays off because he works Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Me too. Should I start taking Wednesdays <laughs> off? 
We have to legally to give Paulie one. I didn't off. know that. Yeah, but he's a great worker. Four days. Uh, he's a great kid, so. That's Friday, I don't get it all. Now, you could say, I'm not even finding Friday interesting. Yeah, Friday's, after Friday's demolition, I'm on the poly bandwagon. Good. Welcome aboard. <laughs> Welcome aboard. Fezzy, where are you? I'm going with the little red hair girl right now. That's what I'm at. <laughs> Too bad I went you on Team Polly. Ben talks to Freddie every day about wrestling. <laughs> How could you not like Freddie the best? That's not work. Well, what's that right. mean? He's judging them by the, their work. How they work. They let him go work. All I ever get is this from her. You like some milk? <laughs> All right, that's I it for us. I'm going to run down with Dave Marsh and Jackson Brown. Tune over and listen to me with them. Hey, Dad, you had your bike out.